Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Don't want to waste time. I'll never be this young. I'll never be this young. Welcome to Investigator Earth Podcast. I'm your host, Chad, alongside my beautiful wife, Sherry. Sherry, say hello to the world. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is 6.30 p.m. here on the East Coast of the United States, November the 27th, 2023. The name of that song is Born to Be This Eye by Snake City. Wanted to play that because one of the lines in there, she talks about we're never going to be this young again. Um, and we're not, right? We. I am more proud of people right now in our generation that is pushing so hard for transparency, for truth. They're they're doing their very best to get through the web of lies that we see in mainstream media on a daily basis. We hear from our government on a daily basis. And on this podcast tonight, we're going to be specifically breaking down the Joe Rogan, David Grush interview. So many of you have reached out to us. You wanted us to break this down. And that's what we're going to do. Um, <clears throat> now, there's going to be kind of two parts of this podcast. So I want you guys to follow along as we go through this. We're going to give our thoughts and our opinions on everything that David Grush says. Also, some things that Joe Rogan has said post David Grush interview. Um, and we're going to compare it to a couple of things because sure. You remember we had Ashton Forbes on, you know, he, we had Ashton on with the MH370 mm-hmm. episodes. We actually right. have three episodes with him and Ashton Forbes <clears throat> is basically transcending right now as far as his investigation and all the evidence he is supplying what he believes to be U.S. government technology that potentially made this Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 disappear. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight as well. Exactly. You know, he's been researching since I think August, maybe before Mm -hmm. August. And there were so many of our listeners that kind of reached out to us and said, hey, you got to look this guy up because he's got some stuff that you would probably be interested in. Mm -hmm. And we looked at it. And that same day we called Ashton and he was on our podcast that same night. Yeah. And the first night, you know, I don't think he really had. A conclusion to his research at that time. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I don't know. And that that first podcast, you need to go listen to it. But we were talking about these orbs. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go watch the video and listen to the podcast. But basically, the flight disappeared. But before it did, there were three orbs that were surrounding it in a triangle-like position. And... It just disappeared. Yeah. And he was trying to investigate to figure out where did the airplane go? Because he's done so much. Yes. So much work. I mean, we're talking about MQ-1C Gray Eagle drones, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Footage from that proven that some of the angles that you see in these videos were from that drone, which is a U.S. advanced drone. Um, He's also basically proven that some of the footage also is from satellites, some of our spy satellites the United States government has. And so he's put together all of this work, and I encourage all of you 
Um, to go over to just X Ashton on Twitter slash X. That's where you can find most of his work. He does have a YouTube as well. So I want to make sure to point that out. Right. And I think we're bringing him up, too, because it's very pertinent to this podcast today, yeah. because what <clears throat> he's been researching has a lot to do with UAPs. If it's not UAP, UAPs that surrounded that plane, then it's technology that we have learned from UAPs and did reverse engineering with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that Ashton obviously has come across since he has kind of come to stardom and not stardom for any of his doing really. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's the fact of uh, his intensive investigations uh, and his investigative work, which has made him kind of go to stardom. Uh, everyone appreciates the amount of work he's done. And, and also he's given the most conclusive uh, evidence that we've ever seen from a, a potential, I guess, end game of where did MH370 go? But one of the things that Ashton has encountered has been debunkers. Um, so as he has kind of raised or raised the the level of his stardom or his popularity, he has been going on more and more podcasts. Uh, some of these podcasts are decently sized podcasts on YouTube, such as the Julian Dory podcast, where Ashton went on Julian Dory's podcast. Julian Dory, it seemed like kind of just made himself out to be an ass more so. And, and, and you could tell Julian Dory was doing everything he could. He didn't really necessarily care so much about the evidence, it almost seemed as if he was there to try his very best to debunk mm-hmm. anything Ashton said. Right. Or just go against <clears throat> him. Yeah, and my my kind of uh, outside view of that podcast was, you know, and I said this to, to, to you, Sherry, the other day, is like it seemed like Julian was like almost a kindergartner and um, Ashton was a kindergartner teacher. And so it's like, you know, although a kindergartner might say, well, I think red is blue. And then the kindergartner teacher says, no, but it's blue and here's why. Mm-hmm. And then the kid says, no, but I think it's still red. I mean, that's that's essentially what this right. podcast was. But then 10 minutes later, he's like, yeah, this was blue. And I'm the one who said that first. You know, yeah. he went back on his word constantly, which was pretty funny. He's like, yeah, I debunked him. I debunked him by changing what I said to the same thing he said 10 minutes ago, yeah. which was really funny to me because... This was what he was all about was debunking Ashton. That was his whole podcast. Even in the intro, it was all about this has, 370 yeah, debunked. debunked. It was clickbait is actually yeah. what it was. And I think he used Ashton to get more people to his podcast yeah, because absolutely. from what I understand, his podcast is kind of going down to the dumps and he's pretty like. much desperate to get anyone to come to his podcast. Well, he got a lot of people to come to his podcast. And I realized, because I didn't even know who this guy was before, but either. all I know is he's a jerk from New Jersey, is yeah. what, what I kind of like. gathered from. Yeah, it's what it seems like. And Ashton did a great job handling Julian's questions. And then Julian, after the podcast, was oh, you wait till the Danny Jones podcast is released, because Danny Jones cooks him on his podcast. Well, I watched a video of, you know, supposedly Danny Jones cooking Ashton, it did not happen. It's all BS. Um, there's been so many different things that have even proven what their debunk has tried to be for Ashton's videos, proven that that's not a debunk, whatever the... And, and listen, I'm not going to go too far deep into mm-hmm. the into the weeds of this, but what I can say is that Ashton has made a statement, and Ashton has said if... And, and actually, it wasn't Ashton. It was Kim.com from Twitter slash X. Kim.com's got about 1.5 million followers, huge account on Twitter, and, uh, you know, he came out, he had, he had hosted Ashton on some spaces 
And Kim.com came out and said, look, I will put up a hundred grand for anybody that can give us original footage. If this is fake footage or what they were saying is if the effect was fake, because that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. a lot of the, the debunkers are saying. The effect of the plane disappearing is actually what's fake. OK, well, uh, Kim.com says, well, if you can you know, provide us the original video without the actual teleportation Right, um, and effect. the person that provided this video. Yeah, we will give you $100,000. So what did we do? Well, we threw in some money as well. And Ashton went on Coast to Coast AM, uh, which is obviously a hugely popular um, uh, AM radio show. It's nationally syndicated. I mean, their their reach is massive. George Norrie, Art Bell started it. Uh, Ashton went on and talked about this. It's pretty extensive, uh, what he talked about on Coast to Coast. But I want to play a clip for you of what Ashton had to say um, on the podcast. And I hear you go. Is going on. Um, the uh, the drone. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Ashton. Well, one thing I just really want to make sure I get out there is that some people may be saying that they've heard of some debunks. They think there might be some video game effect in here. That is all false. That is disinformation that's being pushed out there. We have debunked every single debunk that's out there right now, and we even have a bounty: one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. For anybody who can find the person that supposedly made these videos, if you think that they're fake, and produce the source files. This comes from Kim.com on Twitter and the Investigate Earth podcast, who put in $100,000 and $20,000 respectively. That's how strongly they believe that these videos are authentic. So if anybody out there is listening nationwide, worldwide, you want to prove these videos are fake, all you have to do is go find the person that made them and bring the source files you can collect that money. Uh, again, if you want to see the video, if you haven't, uh, go to the coasttocoastam.com website. And if you actually want to see the video, just go to JustX Ashton. That's probably the best place you guys can find it. But, you know, Ashton went on the radio and said, hey, guys, we have a bounty. And, yes, we did mm-hmm. throw in 20 grand into this pot because we believe that these videos are probably – I mean, I believe these videos are real. Now – we're going to talk about, you know, what Ashton believes versus potentially what maybe I, my crazy minded brain, especially considering, you know, over five years, we have talked very heavily, very mm-hmm. consistently about UFOs and UAPs. Um, and although don't get me wrong, I do believe that the United States government and other countries, by the way, has technology um, that is far advanced and something that we have zero clue about. Is it as far advanced as what Ashton sees here in these videos? That is to be determined. That's what we'll talk about later on in the podcast. But um, but we're going to kind of play both sides of the fence tonight, and I think that's the way we, we have to do this. We're going to look at it retrospectively from the podcast perspective of David Grush going on Joe Rogan, talking to Joe Rogan, and I actually got to make something clear as well. Last night, after we tried to do this podcast last night, it didn't work, long story. Um, <laughs> but I did talk to Nathan, and and for, for our longtime listeners, you'll know who Nathan is. And Nathan called me, actually, because of the David Grush interview. Mm-hmm. Now, he had something to say. He had no idea we were doing this podcast or any of this stuff. But he said, hey, uh, I have something to talk to you about, about David Grush, about this interview. I, I, I want to see if you maybe think the same thing I do. But he has not listened to the entire episode yet. Um, and I already kind of knew where maybe he was going Mm -hmm. just based on something that me and Nathan talked about a few days ago about Mike Baker, which also goes on Joe Rogan's podcast and is an ex supposedly ex, um, CIA officer, which, you know, this guy comes on Joe Rogan quite often. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But 
Before we get any further, um, I just want to mention a couple things, and we're going to get into the interview to break this down. We have clips, um, and I think you guys will be highly entertained by this. And also, if um, let me say this. Our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever, um, you guys can follow us there. On our Facebook account, if you guys want the, the fastest way to contact us to where we will get back to you pretty fast, that's Facebook. Um, if you want to see what we do on an everyday basis or you want to see our pictures or you want to see, you know, our dogs, us, at <laughs> wherever, <laughs> you know, uh, live videos. Maybe if we're out at a bar hanging out, maybe we'll hang out with you guys over on Facebook. Um, that's the place to go do it is Facebook. Just look up Investigators Podcast. Uh, that's where our like really hardcore little, you, you know, united family is over there. And then X, if there's something that we're talking about that we can't talk about on Facebook, and we may never even talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. X is the place that we're going to do that. And there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, on X, especially with the MH370 thing. Just our post yesterday about the $20,000 thing is up to like 130,000 views. It's got tons of likes. This whole thing has kind of went viral with the Ashton and Kim.com. So go follow us on X as well. We do have other platforms, but. But you know what you can do? You can go to the description and click on the links and it's that much easier. Thank God you remembered that because I did not write that down. (laughs) Yeah, all of our social media links will be in the description. So if you're on Spotify or most platforms, you can just click it and it'll go straight to our social media platform. You're going to look us up or none of that stuff. Just look on your phone right now and go to the description. Our links will be there. Click that and uh, you will go right to our social medias. And then the last thing I have to say, guys, is that if you love us, you support our work, you support what we do, you care about, you know, the truth getting out and transparency and all of the things that we always talk about. The number one way you can always help us is to rate us good and whatever you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. Um, we have a constant battle because we don't toe the line like podcasts like Julian Dory and Danny Jones to where they're <laughs> like, oh, we don't want to make YouTube mad at us. We don't do that. We tell you exactly how we feel. We do not hold back anything. And um, and because of that, we have listeners or people that hate us after a podcast episode. And uh, so they obviously downrate us. It's kind of like going to a restaurant. And if you're at a restaurant and you have a bad experience because of you didn't like something they are more than likely going to downrate you right. versus if you have a good, good experience, experience. Mm-hmm. and rate you good. So the best way you can, uh, you know, obviously help us is just by is by rating us on whatever platform you are listening to us. That helps us more than anything. We cannot mm-hmm. encourage that enough. And um, it's just <clears throat> people that disagree with what we think, yeah. you know, or what we observe. You know, for example, the Hamas Israel war. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many Hamas. Uh, Palestine, Palestine people that yeah. they're supporters and we're more of supporters for Israel for well, obvious reasons because yeah. your family's Jewish and right. I mean, you know I mean there's, there's a lot of reasons for that and some people just don't like that but I'm standing by what I think and what I believe you know we have to sometimes agree to disagree but I'm glad that you're still listening and you know I like to hear you know, other viewpoints. Yeah, but by the I, way, <laughs> I'm still going to stick to my guns as well. I think that Israel's doing the right thing. Yeah. And by the way, I, you know, I, I you know, I want to point this out too. Like, we're a very large group. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how many listeners we have. I mean, we have millions of listeners on our podcast episodes every episode. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's mind blowing actually mm-hmm. how, how far we have reached and how many different demographics of people and cultures and religions. And belief systems, all of this stuff. The one thing I think that does bring us together is trying to find truth through everything that we know are lies, which is what is being propagandized to us on a daily basis. Absolutely. And so there are going to be times that you guys may not agree with us. Um, You may 100% have 
absolute different views. And many of you have, you know, sent us a message on Facebook and said, hey, here's the reason why I do not like what you said about Mm -hmm. on this last podcast. And guess what? I will respond to you or I usually respond to you. Sherry does every once in a while, but I will (laughs) respond to you and I will say, look, dude, you know, I get it. I I get your take on this. We're not going to agree on this, but I don't want you to quit listening because we're still a family Family, there's no family in the universe that agrees mm-hmm. on everything. Right. And I appreciate those of you that don't agree and you come to us civilly mm-hmm. and say, this is the things that I don't agree. But, you know, not name calling and giving us death threats or things like that. You know, if you don't agree, come civilly and tell us why instead of saying you're going to blow our house up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> because all that does is make <clears throat> me laugh. You know, I just laugh. Yeah, um, yeah, because we'll just claim it on insurance if you can blow our house up. <laughs> and then once you get a new house. Yeah, and a nicer one. And hopefully we're not in it. <laughs> so anyways, so guys, uh, let's get into the breakdown of the David Grush, Joe Rogan interview. So I want to I shout out UAP News, uh, which is at High Peak 77 on X. If you guys do go and follow this account, make sure you tell them that you followed them because of us. Uh, we're going to use his breakdown. He actually has many clips that he has gathered from many different people on the most important sections or parts of this interview. So I want to give him all the credit. He did a, a, an amazing thread to kind of break this down. So I want to give the credit where it, it is deserved. Um, so basically, this is uh, essentially a compilation of clips from a, uh, what I believe was a really good interview um, of David Grush by Joe Rogan. There were things I think also that David Grush got into more so than he has not got into yet or, you know, he's not talked about yet. Um, and so let's get into the very first clip It is a very, very short clip. But it's really, in my opinion, I think one of the most, um, I guess, influential clips. It's about 40 seconds. But listen to what David Grush has to say about are we alone? Alone? Well, the answer is we're not alone. And I know that with... 100% certainty, which as an intel officer, you never say 100%, but all things pointed towards, uh, based on the people I talked to, like Harry Reid, and I use him as an example, but I talked to the highest of the high people you could possibly talk to if you catch my drift. So mm-hmm. unless all of them are lying and they're covering up something else, which I don't even know what it would be at this point, because the phenomenon is real. It's been going on for thousands of years. People have been seeing strange things and not everybody's mass hallucinating. So there's David Grush saying we are not alone. And he said, I, you know, if, if maybe I'm being lied to by everybody and they're covering up some massive thing, I don't know what that would be. Right. So let's just say just from based on that one clip. Well, David, you should know what that one thing would be. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you, right. the one thing would be why everyone would lie to you is U.S. government tech that are trying to keep secretive. Right. I mean, it's like a psyops or something. A, yeah, it's an arms race. It's very similar to, um, you know, uh, like the Cold War and and things like this when we're, when we're you know, rushing to nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. But imagine that there are countries out there such as the United States or Russia or China or whoever it is that have reverse engineered alien tech that could literally changed the course of humanity and the future of the world. And, and, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because, you know, I think this is going to be kind of like a, a court case in this episode, as far as like, what is the most likely thing mm-hmm. um, 
to be true right. because we have to we have to figure it out because I mean David Grush is very smart and he's got a lot of credentials which we're about to talk about but every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at US Border Patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe if you are ready for a new mission Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, but there's also two very different possibilities in this. There is. And I just want to put it out here that Chad and I have been outside for a long time, many nights, like all night, watching the stars, looking mm-hmm. for things. We are actually looking for things. And there's been many occasions that we have seen things that do not belong in the sky. And we're not talking about And Star I'm not Link. talking about like satellites or anything yeah. like that. We know what a satellite looks like. I'm talking about these things that you see in the... Um, the missing airplane video. Yeah, like orbs. These little orbs that move in directions that you cannot explain. Yeah, in instance. Yes. I mean, and, and also we've seen, you know, we have a, we actually have an episode of our UFO encounter. You can mm-hmm. probably look it up. But that night was absolute batshit crazy. And it was weird how it all happened because we had been talking heavily about this. And we'd even admitted, you know, a year before this or whenever it was that, you know, we've never really had any massive UFO sightings or anything mm-hmm. crazy. But that one night was crazy. And, I mean, this was a night where you saw these orbs. It it, it appeared almost as like maybe they were in space um, or close to space. I don't know if they were in space. But then you also had fighter jets because I know what airplanes, I know what fighter jets are. Mm-hmm. They were but from they were, Dover. Well, they were extremely high. Mm-hmm. But then you had some of these balls or orbs that were breaking into three different pieces from one and then scattering and going all these different places. And then at the same time this was happening, freaking car alarms in our neighborhood was going off at the same time. Not just ours. It was ours, our neighbors, another one, whatever. And this was all going on at the time that this was happening. And it was nuts. It was the, it was the craziest was thing like we ever 9 seen. It was 9 p.m. It wasn't even that dark. It was in the middle well, of no. the summer. It was No, it was dark. Yeah, it was pretty dark where it you can see it. It started when it wasn't yeah. completely dark. But it was but. just crazy <clears throat> hearing the alarms going off and we're seeing what we did in the sky. But that's not the only time that we have seen things like this. Yeah. We've seen them on many occasions. I think, too, because we're, you know, we're those type of people that we're always out there looking for yeah. something well, I think most people just don't look. I mean, yeah. and if you do look enough, you will see something that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, the question is, is it U.S. technology that we don't know about or is it UFOs or aliens? And exactly. Because it's got to be one or the other, because yeah. whatever we have seen these various nights do not belong in the sky. Yeah, you're right. All right. So here is uh, a little bit about Grush's military and intel background, ATIP director Lou Elizondo, and joining the UAP task force. This is basically summarizing David Grush's credentials, and this is important because we're going to talk about this on the backside. Here you go. Um, I guess we should start from the beginning. Yeah. 
So, first of all, uh, lay out to people what your job was with the military and how this all started for you. Yeah, yeah. So I was an intel officer in the Air Force for 14 years, seven active, seven reserve. Uh, Then I kind of had like a parallel tract in the civilian intel world when I became a reservist. Um, uh, And ultimately, I got brought back in in civil service in a government way at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency a couple years ago um, at a senior level. Uh, So I was a major in the Air Force and a GS-15 at NGA, which is like a full bird colonel equivalent civilian employee. Uh, You know, I'm very humbled that I was able to kind of get that kind of job. But uh, my career mostly, I didn't even really think about this topic. UFOs were not on my radar. I wasn't really a believer. I was agnostic about it. Uh, Most of my career, I did a lot of uh, behind the door special access program, uh, technical type activities. I was kind of a space intelligence expert, a cyber intel expert. And uh, like I said, this was not on my radar at all. You know, I I would joke with my buddies because I used to handle um, the presidential daily brief for the National Reconnaissance Office director in my, my military capacity as a reservist. And I was well clear to hundreds and hundreds of compartmented programs. And, you know, the joke was like, oh, when are we going to get the read on for the crazy shit? And that never happens. Uh, and and I do remember that the day that I really can remember that I was like, huh, what's with this UFO stuff? I was uh, briefing a senior person uh, at the CIA into a couple hundred special access programs uh, so I was at the headquarters at the agency and, you know, after the indoctrination I was giving to the senior person, this person um, who worked with uh, Lou Elizondo uh, previously was like, yeah, have, Dave, have you ever heard of this guy, Lou Elizondo? He's running some UFO program at the Pentagon. Um, we all think he's crazy. And I'm like, I, I don't know who this guy Lou Elizondo is and I don't know of any kind of UFO program. So that sounds nuts to me. But lo and behold, and that was like early 2017, and lo and behold, in December 2017, that New York Times article came up with uh, uh, that named the ATIP program and the OSAP program, so Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program and the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program being the other acronym. And I was like, holy shit, wait, that's that guy Lou Elizondo that I heard about. Oh, you know what? I think I have heard of OSAP. When I was a lieutenant, I used to read these reports from the Defense Intelligence Agency on black holes and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's like stupid. Why is the DIA um, looking into black holes, time warps? It just didn't make any sense to me back in like 08, 09 when I was a lieutenant. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, maybe there's something to this UFO thing. I'm not saying I was like a believer either way on the subject, but this is this was a topic of concern, apparently, for the Pentagon. And in 2018, I started doing kind of my what I call my open source literature review. Like, let me spin myself up on this topic, watching Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo, Leslie Keen, all these people talk about the subject. And then. You know, just trying to understand, so what is this with UFOs? Has this been going on for a while? The answer is yes, like Foo Fighters, sightings of weird stuff in antiquity, etc., which you know we can get into later. But uh, And so early 2019 comes along, and my boss at the National Reconnaissance Office in kind of my Air Force major capacity forwarded me an email from the what became the 
uh, stood up in like, I guess it was 2018, which was the unidentified, well, it was aerial, now anonymous phenomena task force, UAP task force. So the UAP task force director sent my boss an email saying, hey, we're looking for a rep to the task force. And as like any good officer, I was like, well, I'll put it on my performance report. Hey, I was on a task force and, you know, that would look good. And I being well cleared and also a bachelor's degree in physics, master's in intelligence analysis. I'm like, you know what? I'll figure out what the shit is. It's either going to be weather shit. Maybe it's an adversarial program. Maybe it's like uh, a U.S. program. People are misidentifying on rare occasions. So fuck it. I'll I'll go see where the data takes me. And, you know, early 2019 or so, I joined the UAP task force. All right. So that's David Grush's credential. So let's just start here because I think we need to start backwards going forward, uh, especially what, what, what he just said. And I think this is one of the things Nathan probably heard and was like, OK, this is strange, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy in the US, the UAP task force had sent his boss looking for an officer or, or kind of a representative from some other, I guess, division or unit uh, or agency. And so this was either a credible person, high up person in the UAP task force that was looking for someone, as David Grush does. He has a background in physics and special intelligence. Um, we're... Was this boss looking for someone in that field exactly to where they could maybe decipher some of the things they were getting, some of the information they were uh, unraveling? Um, You know, you obviously everything in the UAP and UFO whole ordeal in science in general and weapons and, and you name it has always been so compartmentalized. Everyone says that is the reason why we're not advancing. And mm-hmm. if we can't figure out some of these reverse right. engineering programs is because everything is so compartmentalized. And the we, reason we why can't reach it is, out to everyone. Right. And the reason why it is, is because it's so secretive. Yeah. They don't want anyone working on these programs to know what the other person is doing because it's so secretive. If you work on this part, this is what you work on and you don't talk to anyone. You don't say anything. And we got a lot of that information from Bob Lazar. Yeah, we did. Because Bob Lazar used to work at Area 51, and he said it was so compartmentalized mm-hmm. that he had no idea what his fellow employees were doing. But if you think about if they would have allowed these people to work together. And that's one of the things he said. Right. How much further they would have come with mm-hmm. everything they had to work with. Yeah, and you're, you're 100% right. So the reason I mentioned this is because the UAP task force sent his boss an email looking for someone, a representative from that department. Mm-hmm. So that was either, according to Joe Rogan, after the David Grush interview, that was either the moment that they were going to classify David Grush as the useful idiot to cover up their advanced tech, or this was actually a genuine effort to find someone to try to decipher some of the things and help coordinate their investigation into the UFO UAP program, which they were a part of. So this is very important because we don't know which it was, but it could have been very well. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Easily both. And or, what, or, or, or and one, what you're kind of saying, though, if he was the genius idiot that they're putting putting on board, he has no idea what he's doing. But, you know, it's because but he looks he looks legit. Yeah, he looks legit. And he's trying to get this information from all these people. Meanwhile, it's almost like a psyops. He's a front. Well, yeah. they already have it, this intelligence and they're already creating this yeah, intelligence. Yeah, yeah. So it's either the government's already created this intelligence and this is a front that David, they put David in this position to be mm-hmm. and he has no idea or they are really like truly looking for more information. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, and going back to his credentials, David was never a UFO guy. Number one. That's what he said. Right. He's like, I was never a UFO guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I liked space and all that normal stuff that kids like. But he was a major in the Air Force, and when he got out of the Air Force, he was essentially a colonel, GS-15, in the civilian side, which is an intelligence ranking, basically. And mm-hmm. a GS-15 and a colonel ranking is a very high position in the government, especially in intelligence. So when you, t- when you start talking about what is his clearances, he has some of the most high clearances of any government employee. So at the very least, um, that is the reason why he was able to be read in to certain things. And a lot of these things were UFO, UAP related and other technology. Now, when we talk about read on, what does that mean? Well, he talks about read on quite a bit in this podcast episode, a read in or a read on was, you know, imagine going to a class, a college class, and you're sitting in a, a room and you have a professor come in and the only people that are allowed in this room are people that are, that have the security clearances that are allowed to be in this room. And then they literally give you a booklet essentially to where you actually are reading the mission classified documents, whatever those things are of what the mission and objective and all of these things are. And then you have someone up front, which is essentially like a, a professor, but he is uh, obviously some higher up that is kind of over the program that he is reading in these agents or these officers or, or whoever it is. That is what a, a read in is. I mean, you actually sit in a room, you are read in on a certain topic or subject and so when he mentions read in or read on, that's what this means. And I want to be very clear of that. And I also want to mention, too, if this is the case and you had these read ons, these are things that are, you know, beyond what we we would ever know. Mm-hmm. He did speak to Congress this summer and there was many things that he, he said could not say. he could not talk about. Unless but he was he, in a skiff. Yeah, unless he was in a skiff, meaning if he was in a locked, closed room with, you know, specialized government people that had or or congressmen or senators that that had that clearance right that's the only way he could talk but he could not talk to public about that and by the way after that congressional hearing which we Mm -hmm. actually covered extensively on this podcast um you know he he mentioned skiff many times well Mm -hmm. what we do know is that subsequent months after that congressional hearing i think it was like up to five months after that hearing or four months you know, the United States government and these agencies did everything they could to block skiffs from happening. Right. And I think officially now they are starting to happen to where we can get people like David Grush into these skiffs and they are going to start exposing things that we need to know. Yeah, um, and it's people like Mark Rubio and all these people that are really behind this that want to know the truth. And they're the ones that are pushing this so yeah. hard. And the dude that made this whole thing happen, I can't remember the Southern guy, I can't remember his name now, but he was the one that got this whole meeting, you know, oh, on yeah, the yeah. way. Tim Burch- yes, Burchett. Yes, yeah. sorry, I forgot From his Tennessee. name. From yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. He's, he's kind of one of the ones that was spearheading mm-hmm. uh, this entire thing. But Marco Rubio has kind of been on it as well for a while. Um, now, I want to mention something else he said in this clip was, 
you know, when he saw things that the Defense Intelligence Agency was looking into black holes and time warps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that sounds interesting. And think about MH370. Let's think about that for a second because let's think about Ashton's entire narrative as far as what he believes that these orbs around Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 were. He believes that these were government high-tech, top-secret, reverse-engineered tech to where, listen, I'm not going to get into science and all that crap because Ashton's way smarter than I am about that. But essentially, these orbs, however they do it, made this plane disappear. And um, Ashton actually extensively goes into how this happened. It may sound crazy as hell to think about, And even some of the ways Ashton explains how they actually do this sounds even crazier, but it's actually more in line with science, gravity, and Mm -hmm. actually things that really do exist. It's like the movie Interstellar. Mm -hmm. We don't understand time warps until you actually start looking around things like black holes. In Interstellar, the closer they were to a black hole when they had to go down and and potentially rescue someone, I'm not going to give away the movie, but they had to go to a planet that was close to a black hole. And so when they were in communication with home base, you know, they uh, Matthew McConaughey, the astronaut in this particular position, mm-hmm. said to home base, he said, well, what's going to happen if we go down here? And home base said, look, for every like 30 minutes on this planet or an hour or whatever, it's like seven years on Earth. Right. And so I want you guys to understand that you got to get down and get out. And and this is what we don't understand about space time manipulation exactly. and exactly. But even though it was a me a movie, it's pretty scientific, scientific of what they were talking about. And Ashton even goes into this, you know, how it, bit, yeah. the time warp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so this this all kind of goes back to right now in this interview. I'm thinking more, just my mind. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking more on the side of like. This sounds like it's kind of going more towards the U.S. tech that we're potentially seeing that even maybe even the Malaysian Airlines Mm -hmm. Flight 370 is the reason that airplane disappeared. And that technology we see, is that actually reverse engineer technology or is it UAPs? Um, Yeah, but but right now it seems like maybe we have a lot more shit in the United States government. We are not telling anyone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even David Grush. Uh, or not David Grush, but um, Commander David Fravor mm-hmm. in his Tic Tac. Well, actually, it wasn't a Tic Tac, but the Go Fast video and then the Tic Tac video, I think was Commander Fravor's Tic Tac video. When they yeah. actually encounter this thing and it goes from what they say, like, I don't know, 80,000 feet to nothing in, in an instant. It goes from that position that they were kind of honing down on where they saw this craft right. at, the, at the ocean surface. And uh, and as and this, and as this craft noticed the fighters kind of uh, doing a, a angled down pattern, uh, orbital pattern. This thing noticed it. It comes up to almost eye level with them, and then it completely disappears. disappears right. And then the battleship, like two seconds later, says, hey, by the way, that, that UAP that you guys were just with is it's, back here. Yeah. And it was 600 miles right. away. It's like crazy. It was like it instantaneous. Just shows up. Yeah. And I swear to God, when you look at the sky and you see things like this, it really does happen. Yeah. But the thing that I have to say, the difference between what David Grush and Ashton is saying is when we think about Ashton's theory that the government is actually doing that, we have no video evidence of this before. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have video evidence of actual UAPs, but we don't have visual evidence of our government making these things. No, absolutely not. 
And I think that's where the two are divided. Well, here's the thing. And I want to say this right now because you're making me think about this. And even though we're mixing kind of narratives here, Mm -hmm. but we got to say this. Obviously, like Commander David Fravor, for example, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Would the United States government, if, if this was actually our technology, right, that Commander Fravor saw, if this was our technology... Do you really think that the government would have ever allowed Commander Fravor or anyone, period, to be able to release this video for public speculation? Because, Unless it was leaked or something. Well, no, but I, I, it wasn't, though. I mean, mm. the rea- no, it wasn't. This These videos. The Tic Tac videos? I think they were, I don't think they were leaked necessarily. I think they were kind of coordinated to be released. To show the public a little bit of this and a little bit of that, would the government ever actually release anything that has to do with it? I would think so, because we do have actual footage of, like he was saying before, the Foo Fighters. That's going back to World War One. Was it World War One? Yes, World War. I think it's pretty. I'm Maybe pretty World sure War One. Yeah, you're right. That that you know when these fighters were going across wherever. They encountered these things yeah, but the, way back then. But obviously, that's not U.S. government tech back then. No, oh, I, well, it could be. Who knows? Nah, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt that. But, but yeah, that, that's all to be uh, speculated. So um, here's how Grush discovered the UFO crash retrieval program while working on the UAP task force. And he basically conducted a deep investigation, which includes over 40 intelligence community witnesses um, to legacy UFO programs and material. And this is what David had to say about how he kind of stumbled on this from the beginning. Here you go. When you, what was, how did you initially discover this program? And like, what was your first encounter with the information? A very senior individual in the Intel community came to me when, uh, I guess I was asking a lot of questions because I'm a very inquisitive guy. And it was like, hey, we, I need to introduce you to somebody, uh, you know, he listed that certain person's academic credentials, which were beyond reproach, you know, PhD level education, clearance, resume was insane. I'm like, well, okay, sure. I'll, I'll talk to this person. And, and I ended up meeting that person in a, you know, uh, uh, top secret facility. And, you know, he started to discussing like, Hey, there was a program. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was on it. And, you know, we were reverse engineering crash material that we've recovered over the decades, you know, and he's like, I'm not joking, you know, and, and I, you know, we're telling you because you're, you have, you guys have to report to the deputy secretary of defense and Congress on this matter. Right. And we were, we were 
actively briefing like uh, Secretary Esper, Deputy Secretary Norquist, you know, um, other cabinet level folks, right? And it's like there's a there, you know, there must be, there's an oversight issue because you're the UAP task force. You should be read into this stuff because like why spend the taxpayers you know dollars looking at stuff that we already have data on? Right. So that's and that spooked me and that was like fall of 2019. And, you know, I don't take a guy's word for it. I'm like, you know what? Myself and my trusted colleagues that had a lot, a lot of special accesses like me, you know, we cultivated our network and we ultimately interviewed about 40 people or so all the way up to multi-star generals, directors of agencies, mid-level guys that literally touched it, worked inside of it, all the the stuff. They brought intel reports for me to look at you know, documents, and and a lot of that I could cross-verify with other oral sources that my high-level colleagues or I talked to, and, um, you know, it, it checked out, especially when I had enough information on, and, and I know who, who specifically to ask, like, hey, well, I went right into this, like, I'm on the UAP task force, and we went to those, I'll call them gatekeepers for the lack of a better term, and they basically said, Fuck you to me and my colleagues. Hmm. So why were these other people willing to discuss this with you? Well, they determined I didn't need to know. I was already cleared at such a high level handling presidential material and everything. It's like Dave needs to know. And they felt that coming to us, it was a form of a protected disclosure. They felt that they weren't really violating anything because, you know, we were the I'll call it the investigatory body uh, for the Department of Defense and the intelligence community and, and con- Congress at the time. And they, you know, you are allowed to, you know, disclose to a government official in an official capacity. And I, you know, did that. And, you know, of course, I protected those people. And and do know I took those people, a lot of them, and, and I brought them to the intelligence community inspector general when I filed my complaint because I don't want people to – you know, hear it from a secondhand source, you know, people call it hearsay, whatever, though I have some firsthand knowledge, I eventually talk about someday I'm trying to get it cleared, but through through security processes. Um, uh, so they could hear it and hear the details like, you know, who, what, when, where, why, where the shit is, who's in control of it, what are the cover programs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, and that's what deemed my my complaint credible and urgent in July 2022, uh, which is a so that my complaint, yes, was about reprisal too. I filed that separately eventually to the, the Department of Defense Inspector General. That's an ongoing investigation. But my it was my congressional oversight uh, UAP crash retrieval allegations that was deemed uh, credible and urgent. It was sent to the Director of National Intelligence, and then it was sent to the Congressional Intelligence Committee's Around that time, July of 2022, and I eventually went to Congress in December of 2022, and it's a crazy story why I took so long. It's fucking nuts. Um, but I provided total about 11 and a half to 12 hours of uh, you know, classified testimony to the congressional staffers and their lawyers for both the House and the Senate. And I, I went you know, full open kimono. I mean, I told them as much as I could within my time slot, if you will. So. 
There you go. So David Grush had all of these people bringing him info on the reverse engineering programs. Not only did he interview 40 plus people and potentially more, but he had high level generals. He had the middle guys, the guys that were actually physically touching these things, um, these craft, these alien craft, these UFO craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's interviewing all these people. I mean, and he's interviewing people that are over some of these programs, the mid, the middle guys, all of this. Right. Um, you know, they had special access. They had to grant special access for all of these different programs. And keeping in mind, David Grush says that, you know, he handled a lot of presidential material which is some of the most high-level intelligence material you can possibly get or obtain or have access to. And um, and if that's the case, why would they put him out there as an idiot, you know, a supposed idiot? Useful idiot, idiot. Yeah. yeah. I don't get that. Well, and, and as he got closer to this and he started getting to, I guess, the nucleus of, of maybe who he really needed to talk to about mm-hmm. what the hell was going on, these were what he called the gatekeepers These gatekeepers, the people that were really over some of these specialized programs said, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You have you have no reason to know what the hell we're doing. Even though you're working for the government, we're not telling you shit. Yeah, doesn't matter. Because they probably can't tell either. (laughs) Well, the thing about it is, though, is that, you know, one of the things David Grush talks about in the congressional hearing was and Tim Burchett and Mm -hmm. many other representatives asked him, he said, how many people do you think have been potentially murdered because of their oh, yeah. secret? Right. And he said, or he said, can you say it? People have been murdered. And he said, yes. Well, he basically said yes. And, yeah. and I can't get into that or whatever. But yeah, I mean, so to me right now, right, you look at the MH370 thing, you look at the stuff we're seeing in the sky, you look at F-18 pilots like Commander Fravor, Ryan Graves, all these people to report this stuff. Ryan Graves said that they would go out every single day off the coast of Virginia and see these freaking UAPs Every day. Right. This was not a once in a blue moon thing. It was every single day. It was very routine. But now it makes me wonder, were these actual UAPs or was this part of the military that they didn't know about that they were seeing? Yeah, we don't know. But doing reverse engineering. But listen, I think I think we have to get something very clear. And I think we in my opinion, I think we at the very least have to say that there's zero question that alien craft have been on this planet. I think that is without. Absolutely. I, th- yes. I think that is without dispute at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the people and, and even people like Elon and, and other like people that are still disputing in any way, shape or form that whether or not aliens are real are dumb. And like sometimes I see Elon Musk still debating this and I'm like, are you this stupid? Or 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 maybe are you just like I, I just don't get it because I, I think there is a hundred percent enough evidence to oh, say yeah. that we have had UFOs on this planet. Right. Now, what have we been seeing over the past ten years? Um, is this is some of this stuff actually a reverse engineered things that it have been successful? Be. Right. Or is this actual UAPs? But you have to go back in history and you got to read some of these history books and look at you know a lot of people in history. I'm talking back. In the pyramid times, in the Egyptian times, you know, they made pictures of these yeah, UFOs yeah. way back then. Absolutely. And, and alien beings and yeah. things that did not look like normal people. I mean, people speculate whether the pyramids were helped or, or were built by right. e- either an advanced civilization or the aliens had help and or or contributed help to this uh, exactly. ancient civilization. Because you. OK, I'm just going to say I don't think a human or a bunch of humans can actually 
lift these big blocks to make <laughs> this pyramid alone. No, it's absolutely not, not possible. No. So, um, so the big question here is, and, and by the way, guys, for those that are wondering what our what our ultimate, what our fact checking is, which we don't actually have, but <laughs> like if, if if you go to Google and like you know you're like, hey, what is the truth on this? Well, at the end of this episode, we're going to tell you what I believe 100% this is. Now, I could be I could be wrong, right? But, you know, I, I think that you guys are probably wondering, like, what is our thoughts? Like, right. what is it? And, and we're going to get to that. But Yeah, and I'm going to tell my thoughts, too. Okay. Um, so when did Grush uh, realize that this crash retrieval programs began? Like, when did we actually start having UFOs? Mm-hmm. And when was the government involved in these crash retrieval programs? Because this is important. Um, you know, you got to think about, especially from the, the stance of, have we actually had UFOs and UAPs? Um, or has it just always been the United States government tech? Because that's the question. Because there are going to be people that try to debunk the fact that there's ever been UFOs and UAPs and just contribute everything that has ever happened to United States government technology, and I think that's crazy. But how can you do that when you see these things in the air and they have no propulsion? They have no gas or engine or anything. Yeah. These things are not created from the earth. No, you're right. And you can't debunk that. Yeah. So here is what Grush had to say about, like, how long have these crash retrieval programs been going on? Here you go. This is obviously very compartmentalized. Yes. There's only a few people that know about this information and they're not allowed to discuss it with other people. Mm -hmm. When did this all start? I mean, is this yeah. out of Roswell? Is it predate that? Like when when did they first realize that there are things that cannot be explained or can't be explained through conventional means? Yeah, I mean, the program goes back a ways. The precise beginning of it, I can't talk about, but I did, because security stuff, but I did talk about uh, publicly the 1933 retrieval, and I did that uh, tactically and I ran that through the security approval office because I wanted to show that this is much older and it's international. It's not like a U.S. thing. I mean, that this stuff is landing or crashing around the world and unexpected countries have had this happen. And that's why I picked that because I thought that was a interesting case. And then, of course, the you know, Pope Pius XII and the Vatican were involved back-channeling it through the OSS, which became the CIA later, to FDR. And that's how the U.S. knew something weird happened in Italy during, well, right before World War II. But, so this is yeah. 33 mm-hmm. was the first, uh, like, documented? Uh, I, I, that is the earliest one I can talk about, yeah. There's so. something that predates that? My, you could infer that. You could infer that. Yeah. So this 33 one you said was in Italy? Yeah, Magenta. So it's uh, – I'm bad at geography. I think that's like Lombardy region. It's like northern, northwest Italy. And what's the story behind it? So um, basically it, it it looked like it crashed, right? It, the original shape most likely was like a lenticular disc-like craft, you know, with like a, two dinner plates. What right? does lenticular mean? So like two dinner plates, you know, smushed together, right? The okay. hump. And there's like a, you know, like a bubble on top. Like the classic. Classic. Like, yeah, like, like that. Like that. Okay. <laughs> but it looks like when it hits, the edges broke off. So it became this like bell or acorn shaped thing. Um, and there was nothing in it. It was like just an artifact. You know, there was no biological remnants, if you will. Um, so it's so funny because the Italians were 
so confused, they actually called up the Germans and they were like, is this one of your Wunderwaffe? Like, what the hell just crashed in northern Italy? Mussolini. Um, and this is all publicly available information because some Italian researchers um, found all these original documents that some people were sitting on for years in Italy. Uh, you know, they put a gag, gag order on the press, et cetera. And, and yeah, Mussolini asked the Germans to come down. And of course, the Germans came down and they were like, uh, that is not ours, but let's look at it together. So that's kind of uh, perhaps a tertiary reason the kind of Axis powers got together. I'm not saying that's like the reason, but I think the Italians and the Germans were so intrigued with what they found from like an artifact perspective. There was at least some scientific and military uh, collaboration during the war, the details of which uh, I'm not I'm not sure of, but I know people that know that specific event that are currently still Intel officers within this program uh, in detail. But so know, was yeah. there witnesses to the crash or some sort of an understanding that something had crash landed and then they discovered it? Yeah, I, I forget the precise discovery. Uh, I don't know if it was like uh, local police officers or local farmers found it in the field, something like that. I I don't want to misspeak. I'm. I assume some of the Italian researchers might have some fact witnesses that can orally say, oh, yeah, my gr my great grandfather found it or something like that. But I don't remember. Off the and what was the head. scale of this vehicle? Uh, it was probably like like 20 feet by 10 feet, something like that. Not super huge, but kind of big. Do they think that this was a drone? Do they think that this was occupied? There was nothing in it. So if it w if it was uh, piloted, if you will, by some sentience, I mean, you're. Your guess is as good as mine. So, hmm. So, what happened to that vehicle? So, we knew where it was being stored at a, a particular location um, after the crash, and then the military came in and we we grabbed it towards the end of the war. You know, 1944, 1945, because, like I said, Pope Pius the Twelfth already kind of let uh, FDR know. Why did the Pope get involved? Because it's well, in Italy. Well. Interestingly enough, there's like a whole history of human intelligence prior to World War II and uh, old money, the Vatican, the Italian mob, um, kind of the old country boys did a lot of informal intelligence collection uh, for the U.S. And, and there's probably some books you can read on it, but it's really interesting. You know, human intelligence collection wasn't really formalized until the offices, Office of Strategic Services, the OSS – which became the CIA in 1947. Um, you had um, you know, Paul Mellon and all these other affluent guys of all these old money families that basically created the CIA. So that's probably the reason why. So this thing that was recovered, this was the first documented one that the United States had access to? I can't get into okay. if it was the first or not, but okay. it was an early one. Very early. Yeah. So it's almost 100 years ago. Yes. And so they take this thing and then they bring it where? Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't get can't, into those. Can't get into now. that. No. Okay. So they bring it somewhere in yeah. the United States. And uh, was the attempt to try to back engineer this thing? Was the attempt mm -hmm. to try to understand what it was? Yeah. I mean, first of it, obviously, it's understanding the situation, right? What do we have our hands on? And and like I've said in some other videos and stuff, you know, that we took the Manhattan Project secrecy and overlaid it on this issue because that secrecy worked well for atomic bomb developments and whatnot. And and certainly 
this whole program in a nutshell, if I were to like summarize the 90 plus years of history, it is a reverse engineering program to garner some kind of insight. Uh, and of course, not a lot of the things that we've learned from it are like directly, you know, ripped off the technology we found, but it has inspired other innovations that made its way into other U.S. classified programs over the year. So, yeah, so there's David Grush. And, you know, at the very end, I want to point out, yeah, they don't, you know, I think a lot of the aircraft that we see today, F-22s, F-35s, B-2 bombers, yes. some of the stealth technology were gleamed off of some of the stealth type technology that potentially we got even from, back in 1933. Right, from these crash sites, yeah. Yeah, how are they so stealthy? What What made them stealthy? It's not necessarily, as David Grush says, that we actually ripped off the entire reverse engineering way of how these things mm-hmm. moved. Well, we but can't was, rip them off because I think... Well, supposedly. Yeah, well, parts of these engines or equipment, and I don't even think they are like all man, um, manned by somebody. I don't think there's always a person well, there's in these drones. things. There, there, there are, but, you know, according to David Grush, there are human biologics they have found in many of these. Well, not human, and, but biologics. Or not human, non-human right. biologics, I, I guess I should say. But, um, I, but what my thing was, what I was going to say is a lot of this, what they've found is metals that are not of this earth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, they and that, can't, that, you can't, you can't rebuild a metal you don't have. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I was going to say that as well. You know, you can reverse engineer up to the point of material. And if you don't have that material, mm-hmm. there's no way you can reverse engineer unless you can figure out some type of way to create that material. But I don't know. I mean, do we have people that smart? I doubt it, but maybe. So David Grush says here, 1933 is the earliest crash retriever program that he can talk about. Now, Basically, what he's saying is there were earlier crash retrieval programs even before this. This is before 1933. Mm -hmm. And this particular 1933 crash involved a uh, saucer-like craft in Italy that did not have biologics in it. So we don't know actually, you know, was this thing a drone? Was it? um, Was it manned by something? But they got away. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Right. Um, More than likely, it sounds like it might have been a drone, which. You know, 1933, can you imagine a drone? Yeah, because we just came up with drones not too long ago. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) it's it's just, you know, it's one of these things. And this is Mussolini's thing. Um, The whole deal, they had no biologics in the craft. Germans came down to Italy and said, hey, you know, we're very interested in this. This is not whatever the hell we tried to produce, you know, and and I've I've watched the Germans. If, If you guys are thinking like Germans were some spectacularly smart uh, people, which they were in some degree, which is why we brought them on to NASA. You know, we literally brought on uh, Nazis from right. Germany to NASA to head up our NASA programs. Right. They were smarter than a lot of people around the globe, but they were not smart enough to be able to create reverse engineered technology at that point in time. Mm-hmm. In I don't, I don't think in a million years, because if they were, and we're going to get into why I think that's not possible. Um, yeah, it would have been a whole different world that we live in today, but with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The United States went and grabbed this in 1945, and I'm sure many of you have heard about the Pope's involvement yes. in ufos and stuff in the past there's been books on this mm-hmm. there has been series on this there have been many things to where it's like everyone wants to understand or know why the pope has anything to do the pope in the vatican why do they have anything to do with ufos why do they have anything to do with any of that stuff well as david grush says here which he's right the pope in the vatican had very big ties to a lot of very um high up people slash groups organizations even mafia Mm-hmm. Uh, type people that did their own types of intelligence. And so, um, you know, they helped the United States be able to understand and know when these things happen, especially over in Europe, you know, uh, throughout Europe, Italy, all of this. And so they were a big part of a, um, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a program, but at, at least an agreement between the Vatican and, and whatever their intelligence ops were over in this region with the United States and in more in specific towards UFOs and UAPs. Now, there has been there's so many books out there about the Vatican and the and, and the Pope's mm-hmm, involvement in mm-hmm. UFOs and UAPs. And and it just so happens, by the way, that the Pope is, you know, according to mainstream, the Pope is one of the most religious, devout uh, Catholics, Catholics on the planet, right? right? Or, or just just religious that, person, like the main figure. religious figure we look up to. Yeah, well, the world does in in a lot of ways as Catholic. Yeah, yeah. And so, I wonder. I, I would I would like to know: Does the Pope believe that these UAPs are connected to God? Right? And I know because, that's crazy. And but, listen, there's been books about this, right? Yeah. And 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 I have I have struggled with this U this UFO UAP thing. Mm-hmm. Um we are doing a biblical series for those that, you know, listen, we're not like preachers or none of that stuff. We we're not at all. We we literally just, We are not the Pope. No, we, we literally <laughs> ask questions about the Bible. We we go through a, a guided tour of the Bible with what we think, just like we're doing right now. We are not preachers. We don't believe in necessarily one particular thing. We're not trying to right. push you on one religion or none of this stuff. We just tell you our thoughts based on what we're reading, and we, and we do it in a very summarized way on, on chapters, and you guys should check those uh, series out. But It is pretty crazy that the Pope is involved in all this stuff, though. Yeah, and like, so one, why? Of, well, one of the things I've always wondered is, like, you know, you know, you read some Bible passages and, and things like this, and some of the things in Bible that sounds like it is this or this or this, it, is it UFOs? Is it these things? And are UFOs 100% tied to God or what we what we envision as God to be? And does the Pope have that connection? Does the Pope know this already? It, has this been passed down through his lineage and, and what they believe? Mm-hmm. And, and he believes potentially that these crashed vehicles are, I don't know, angels. but It could be like Nephilim or something. Or something I yes. don't know. Yes. And, and I don't there's know, a lot because, to get in the- Listen, I just learned about Nephilim in the last like six months. I didn't mm-hmm. even know what that was. But now that I've learned about these things that are not human. Well, they're, well, they're part kind, human. Yeah, they're part human. There could be things that are not human that we don't know about that's not in the Bible. I don't know. Whatever it is, the Bible makes me believe it more now 
than I did before. Yeah, you're right. So um, David Grush also talks about the Schumer Amendment, a huge importance panel review board opposition by Mike Turner. And uh, we need to play this because um, I think this is also very important. We will probably not play the entirety of this clip, but I want you to at least hear the first part of this. Here you go. These programs, we need a change. And that's why you saw the Schumer Amendment, right? And I think you might have read that on air or something in a previous episode, if I remember correctly. You know, Chuck Schumer, and I knew about the amendment a couple months before I went public, and that's kind of another reason why I did what I did. I'm like, fuck, I'm like the only guy that kind of has the opportunity to do this. I know what's in the shoot, so to speak, that Chuck Schumer and his staff had with the Schumer Amendment, which is 67 pages of literal we want to disclose. And I'm like, I have to spike the football by going public because, you know, I can read the tea leaves on the hill. And I think that they were hesitant to do anything uh, without being able to point to something publicly. And I'm like, oh, I'll be that fucking guy and just send it. Um, and. And then, of course, a month after I went public, I guess I pushed Chuck Schumer over the ledge. And I do know he talked to the White House about the amendment, too, because not like Chuck Schumer is going to propose groundbreaking legislation like that without talking to the national security advisor or president. Like, I imagine he did so. And, you know, so you have the 67 page am amendments, right? It's called the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023. Known as the Schumer Amendment, co-sponsors were Young, Gillibrand, Rubio, uh, Rounds, yeah, and Young. And, you know, kudos for those senators for stepping up to the plate because they know this is real. I know what meetings that they've had with certain other individuals that are, you know, even more credible than myself. And so this, this act, which is like super important, is currently in conference as we speak – in Capitol Hill. So the amendment is wrapped in something called the fiscal year 2024 National Defense Authorization Act. So that is the act that funds the military basically every year. Right. So it's an amendment within this bill. And uh, the act is really long, but the main meat of it is about halfway through the act. It talks about a presidential panel or agency, which is nine person and a controlled UAP disclosure plan that's six years in length, conceivably from 2024 to 2030 in this panel. And you can read this, this is public law. Anybody can read this. They want a scientist, economists, you know, uh, you know, uh, sociologists, etc. It's kind of like who you would want to help craft the plan for the president. And this whole bill was actually built off the JFK Records Act, which I know like they're like, well, they never released all the records. Well, we put some teeth in the bill, some eminent domains, some other stuff to, you know, kind of force the issue. Now, granted, the chief executive, the president has the final say. The panel can't compel the executive to do it. But like, I hope the president does. And I support that. But so the Senate already passed it. They're chill with this. This is like we're, we're good to go. And and but there's pushback in the House right now that is, you know, part of my language, fucking ridiculous. So they're saying, for one, it's duplicating the DOD arrows office activities. They're doing good things. They're looking at UAP reports, trying to figure out what's balloons and air trash and what's weird stuff. And, of course, they are doing an historical review to try to understand the U.S.'s history on this, too. But the problem is with that agency, it 
it's within the DOD and IC, not above. So you have an issue reaching into Department of Energy, other, you know, cabinet level agencies. So you need a presidential level panel that can declassify stuff, reach into other agencies and tell, you know, certain secretaries, we're coming in, we want your stuff under presidential authority. So what's happening in the House, from what I'm told from people on the Hill that are working the issue right now, you have the the chair of the House Intel Committee, Mike Turner, who's blocking this uh, from Ohio, Dayton, Ohio area, right, Pat? Weird. Mm-hmm. And right, Pat, meaning Wright Patterson. Air yes. Force. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Mike Rogers, which I'm kind of surprised uh, from Alabama, who's the chair of the House Armed Services Committee. So I have a problem with Mike and Mike right now. So Mike Turner. Now, remember, I went to his committee in December of last year. Uh, he wasn't there, but his staff and lawyers were. And of course, he goes on Fox Business after the hearing, doesn't use my names like this whistleblower. He has no idea what he's talking about. I'm like, really? Tell me, Mike, have you ever been an intel officer or served in the military? Oh, wait, you've been the, Ameri- the mayor of Dayton, Ohio. You were voted most corrupt person in Congress a couple uh, years ago. And uh, pull up his PAC donors. Who are his biggest donors? Lockheed, Raytheon, Boeing. Okay. So, uh, and first of all, if you thought that you needed more information or wanted to talk to me personally, why didn't you call me back when I reported to your committee? So, uh, and furthermore, besides blocking the bill, I'm sure you're familiar with like Representative Tim Burchette of Alabama. And he's been very outspoken on the issue. And we may not agree with everything Tim says about conventional stuff. That's, you know, here, no, there. But, you know, he's been a champion on the oversight committee. And he was, you know, one of the members that I testified in public under oath regarding this. So, like, uh, and Mike Turner is looking to fund, according to staffers I've talked to in the last two weeks, an opposition candidate for Tim's reelection in 2024. So why is Mike Turner going out of his way to destroy the career of a courageous Tennessee representative on the oversight committee? And why are you blocking a bill? And it's not going to cost much, a couple million a year max, you know, for the panel, which is like vaporware in U.S. government speak, right? Um, uh, if there's nothing to see here, why are Mike Rogers and Mike Turner in the House blocking this bill that is... In my opinion, the most important legislation for transparency in American history, if there's nothing to see here, if I'm fucking crazy, multi-star generals I talk to are crazy, the intel docs that I read are incorrect, they're fucking forgeries or passage material or something like that, good friends of mine that worked on the program are bullshitting me in some consorted uh, operation against me and my colleagues that it would be totally crazy to even conduct that because I took precautions, then why don't we just pass this and see what happens? And why, what do you think the answer to that is? Special interests want to keep the genie in the bottle, even though the toothpaste is coming out of the tube. And I think it's like a death rattle in this industrial. All right. So that was uh, David Grush talking about the Schumer ad- uh, amendment. Um, this was essentially a month after Dave went public 
uh, Schumer, I guess what Dave Grush is saying, he basically was pushed over the ledge. Um, this was a controlled U.S. You know, they had talked about in this amendment. There is going to be a controlled UAP disclosure plan from 2024 to 2030, which I find very interesting. The date of 2030. We talked so much on this podcast about Agenda 2030, all of these things that are leading up to 2030, mm-hmm. which is very conspiratorial. You guys can look up Agenda 2030, all of the things that that have to do with uh, the the 2030 narrative. Um, but I found it interesting that they have a disclosure plan to the public um, from 2024 to 2030. What that means, don't know. Um, but apparently they have some type of plan that how they're going to disclose what they actually know about UAPs and UFOs before 2030. Or are they going to use that for control? Or are they going to use that for we don't know. Um, but Dave Grush did specifically say here, you know, they do have it. The Schumer Amendment is something that is. You know, um, it is out there. It is something that the, uh, apparently is going to have some type of disclosure agreement. Um, and obviously the president has final say in this. The Senate's cool with it. They, you know, he did say he has Congress people, people in the House that are pushing back on this. Some of these people, Mike Turner, uh, that is actually blocking this. He is in the Wright Patterson Air Force Base District, which many people know. Wright Patterson Air Force Base has been notorious for UFO, UAP. Uh, potential craft that have been delivered to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Actually, if you guys have ever read the book, we did a podcast on this the day after Roswell. We actually have a specific podcast on this um, about the day after Roswell, taken from the position of a commander uh, in the military. Uh, he essentially wrote this book before his death to where he said him and his men, along with even, even firefighters and sheriff's officers, saw alien beings coming out of the craft in Roswell, New Mexico. And this was well documented. This was put in the day after Roswell book. I oh, encourage yeah, this everyone is when to read they this. actually saw them carrying out a, uh, something not human mm-hmm. from that wreck wreckage. Yeah, but it wasn't just that. I mean, there were there were military members, firefighters and the like that were around these beings. Some of them were mm-hmm. injured uh, in this book. They That's actually right. say that military members shoot one of the beings Mm-hmm. Um, in the back as they're trying to walk away. And um, I mean, it's very disturbing, actually, if you read yeah. the book. But like, why would you do that? But one of the things that um, the commander here says, I think he was a colonel, maybe, or I can't remember exactly now. But one of the things he said was some of the military members that were close encounters with these beings or um, not long after this was they had a telepathic kinesis type mm-hmm. situation to where they you know, the beings were not talking, but they were intertwined in their thoughts and their and, and they knew exactly what these beings were saying. Yeah, um, it was in the they, brains of the other people too. Yeah. It was they it was, understood what they were saying. It was like a language telepathically. Yeah, it was telepathic. But what I don't understand is the Schumer bill because when we look at everything that's been going on the last, I guess, two or three years with UAPs and blah blah blah, it's not been democratic people like Chuck Schumer. It's about it's been all Republicans. Well, some of it has, but now I think the you know Democrats have been kind of starting to get on board with this. Um, it's kind of both, but which is guess, great to me because if there's anything that can bring two parties together like UAPs, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing is though is is unlike you know for example how how divisive and divided COVID nineteen pandemic was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, across the aisle, right, uh, from Democrats and Republicans. It was almost as if the people that were pushing so hard against the COVID 
uh, Wuhan lab leak theory, uh, the, the people that were d- desperately trying to protect Anthony Fauci and, and, and these people. These were people that you obviously knew had heavy uh, pockets from the pharmaceutical companies, right. the ones that were actually uh, maybe even potentially originally involved. We, we don't know. Right. But what we do know is that follow the money, follow who's pushing back exactly. on what, and you're going to find yes. out who the money is connected to. And so much like Fauci and some of these other Democratic Congress people um, uh, or Congress and senators that mm-hmm. were during the pandemic that were pushing so hardcore right. against natural treatments, against all these things, and they were pushing so hard for um, you know the the vaccine. Right. These are the people you can fo- follow the money, much like m- much like um, Mike Turner. Mike mm-hmm. Turner blocked this bill. He is desperately trying to block the bill. This and this is who David Grush is talking about. Mike Turner from Ohio uh, is trying to block this bill. His district is where Wright Patterson Air Force Base is, and Mike then went on the news and basically said David Grush didn't know shit about what he was talking about. He went public about this. And uh, guess who his donors were? They were Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Mm. all these people that are heavily supplying his campaign. Because, look, as Lockheed Martin, which would, you know, potentially be reverse engineering these craft, Raytheon, Mm -hmm. and also weaponizing these craft. For sure. These are the companies that are going to have to fund congresspeople and senators both alike to where they make sure that their secretive programs stay secret and that people are always going to be there to basically protect them or be the... Uh, what we call gatekeepers within the government. Mm-hmm. This is how things work. This is how money works. Money mm-hmm. controls everything. And money is the root of all evil. And what is evil? Well, it's lies. And lies are protected by money. And that is exactly what you see in the government. You see it with Raytheon. You see it with Lockheed Martin. Uh, David Grush has specifically, I believe, said this as well. And then you have Mike Turner here, which is trying to block a bill that is transparency about UFOs and UAPs. This guy's trying to block a bill like he's not the most obvious asshole in the government (laughs) that has the heavy funding from Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. I mean, that is really just stupid. But it also goes back to to Ashton's point with MH370. You Mm -hmm. know, Lockheed Martin and uh, and Raytheon, Raytheon. But I think in particular, Lockheed Martin. You know, Ashton has a theory of who he believes. I think Ashton believes that this particular person is 100% the person that leaked the videos. Originally, he was a high-up military guy. Um, he subsequently got charged with, uh, I think, espionage. I think they, they backed that down. Uh, this was after MH370, the, the dates and times and mm-hmm. all this stuff right, lined up. Right, right, right. Um, and then so he got charged with espionage. I think it got dropped down, but I think he did serve nine years. Right, and, and he's, then already, after he's this, out of jail now. Yeah, but he, but he now works for Lockheed Martin, oh. which, by the way, uh, this technology, which is what Ashton believes he has connected to, is potentially the Lockheed Martin technology and yet this guy also happened to potentially be there during the time of the MH370 plane disappearance. So you would, you would, I guess, assume why he would be now hired by Lockheed Martin and potentially was also there the day of the MH370 flight disappearance. Because this is the same tech that he was a part of in the beginning, got time for, supposedly got time for. Maybe mm-hmm. he actually didn't really serve it. Who knows? Uh, but then went on to work at Lockheed Martin. It's, it's just like hackers. Any hackers that can break into FBI or, mm-hmm. or DOJ, right. they will send it your ass or 
They will say, hey, do you want a job? And you're going to show us how you did it. And especially considering. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I like knew people someone. that have gone to prison and then they are really good at hacking or doing yeah. things like the government needs. They will hire mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But I'm just asking this question real quick. If this guy went to prison for nine years or whatever and he's out now. Does he have anything to lose or gain by coming out and telling the truth now that he already served his time? No, he has he has death to gain by telling the truth. So yeah. he's still kind of he will never he will never come out. I mean, I understand Ashton wants him to come out as if this is the leaker, if this mm-hmm. is the guy that did this for, right. you know, he's and Ashton believes like, hey, if you're the guy that did this, you're a patriot to your country. And I agree with that. It's just very much. So yeah, like, but he doesn't want to die. Very either. much so like Snowden and mm-hmm. uh, even Julian Assange right. and some of these other people. But, yeah, I mean, this guy will die. I mean, this is not a you're going to go to prison type thing. This mm-hmm. is we will kill you and say it's a heart attack. I mean, we this this happens all the time. And when people hear of like Hillary Clinton body counts or or all these things that are connected to very sinister shit mm-hmm. and people hear that as like a big conspiracy theory, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not saying I'm not saying exactly every little thing is real. I'm just saying that this shit happens. It 100% happens, and it happens without... Any uh, problems whatsoever. Yeah, they I get just, through with it. They have yes. all the agencies working around <laughs> it and they contribute to all of it. Uh, for those of you that know Jeffrey Epstein for yeah. consideration, Another example. you know, he was in jail for having the um, rape island or whatever yeah. it was. A rape island, right. Yeah. And he finally went to jail and he's going to pay his prices. Well, guess what? He supposedly committed suicide and none of the guards saw that when he was on 24 hour watch yeah yeah you're right um and it's all bullshit it was it was all you know listen the government and the officials and the people that are in the deep state the people that are in the in the dark government i guess you can Mm -hmm. say those people have ways to kill you every day till sunday i mean and by the way chuck schumer is one of the people that when trump came into office and he trump went on a tirade about how corrupt and effed up the intelligence agencies were and chuck schumer chuck schumer said on Mainstream media, I think it was on MSNBC, he said Trump doesn't know who he's messing with. The intelligence agency have ways to take him out seven days to Sunday. 
And we're seeing this now. And listen, there's a lot of people that are worried about Trump's safety right now. If you can't get rid of him out of the presidential conversation um, in in ways of, you know, either putting him in prison, destroying his character, whatever. What is the next step? We're not getting into Trump. Doesn't matter what you think of him. Right. But just think of it as they will make sure that if they don't want him in office, he's going to be gone. Yeah. And that's why they're trying to put him in jail so he can't even run. Yeah. Okay. let's go on. (laughs) So anyway, so meeting uh, there's a clip here meeting with Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Harry Reid told Grush that he was going to brief Biden in purpose of a swap uh, Lockheed UFO material. Um, We'll play a little bit of this. I I don't think this is necessarily the most important one, but I do. There are a couple of things in here that he does talk about. And so we will play this uh, at least the beginning of this. And then we'll move on to some of the stuff that we really got to talk about. The very interesting things is like, who are these entities, these beings? What are the concept of these things? Are they actual physical beings or is it something we can't necessarily explain? We'll get into that. But let's listen to a little bit of this clip. During 2021, I actually flew with a couple colleagues of mine to Las Vegas, and I met with Senator Harry Reid about nine months before he died. And of course, he's a private citizen now, and I wanted to brief him on the topic, and I wanted to get his kind of thought leadership on it because, you know, he was a Gang of Eight member, right, you know, which is the top most cleared senators and congressmen. He was the majority leader, for God's sakes, of the Senate. And I knew, you know, he helped sponsor the OSAP program that I mentioned and where they looked at Skinwalker Ranch and some other things. And I wanted to understand, like, what does Harry Reid actually know? Like, why did he you know, give $21 million to DIA and Bigelow Aerospace for this. So I'm sitting there in Harry Reid's living room, you know, right next to him with some other witnesses that were there with me. And he straight up says, he's like, yeah, I knew we had UFO material. I was denied access for decades. I tried to get access. And then he explained some of his efforts during OSAP. uh, And I was like, Holy shit. Did the, the former majority leader just say that he just confirmed this to me as well. You know, I was already talking to these amazing high level people, but I have Harry Reid literally saying, yes, we have material. And, you know, he knew it was non-human. Did Harry Reid have personal experience with this? I don't know if he's had any personal stuff in his personal life. I mean, did he see it? Did he? He did said he In terms of seeing the material himself, he said he was denied access for years, decades was his term. And he actually told me on behalf of me, he was going. So he had like a weekly call with President Joe Biden at the time. And he straight up said to me he was going to talk to President Biden about this issue, literally. And then uh, what he was telling me about OSAP um, I was like, holy shit, I have like 20 other people that told me this, dude. So the real history, what fucking OSAP was, because I think there's a lot of people out there that think they were looking at ghosts, Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, they went to the ranch as a secondary and tertiary objective. But the real uh, reason, so like there's a document that came out a couple years ago through FOIA from the Defense Intelligence Agency. There was this special access program requests that Harry Reid, you might have seen this, I think like George Knapp and company have reported on this, 
that he sent to the Deputy Secretary of Defense, William Lynn, and it was asking for one of the most serious saps you can ask for, what they call a bigoted, waived special access program. So waived means it's limited congressional reporting. Um, that is a class of special access programs. And bigoted means it's like by name. And it's like it was like uh, you can read the FOIA document. It was like, you know, Harry Reid, James Inhofe, uh, Lou Elizondo, et cetera. And I'm like, why are you asking for the most serious sap to be created for a program that ostensibly is looking at Skinwalker Ranch and stuff? And it doesn't make any sense. So what really happened there and uh you know, Harry mean Harry Reid, God bless his soul, made this disclosure um, a couple weeks after we met uh, in the New Yorker. And you can look this up. I think it was like a May 2021 New Yorker story where he says, I knew for decades and he made this disclosure, not me. So I'm going to say the name of the contractor. Harry Reid said this, uh, you know. We knew that Lockheed Martin had this material for decades. I tried to get access and I was denied. And specifically with the Lockheed Martin stuff, he was talking about during the OSAP program. And for the people who are on this program, I submitted this shit to the officer, got this cleared. So don't freak out. But I'm telling the truth here. Um, so Lockheed Martin wanted to divest itself from this material at a specific facility that's known to me that I provided to the inspector general. Um, like street address, all that shit, right? And the idea was if they made a catcher's mitt, a security catcher's mitt for this shit, at, you know, most serious sap possible, the contractor and the other government customer, which was the Central Intelligence Agency, um, for that specific Lockheed material, and it was shit that they recovered from like the 50s and stuff. And it was like bits and pieces of, 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 of like hall structure, shit like that. And... Um, uh, so they were going to tech transfer it and the 21 or $22 million was actually for Bigelow Aerospace to build out, you know, facilities in Las Vegas and material analysis equipment. And I've seen, I have, I saw the staff meeting slides. I saw the paperwork, like there's a paperwork trail I've seen on this shit. And I talked to the people involved in this program and, you know, even Jim Lekatsky who ran the program. Uh, who's re a retired DIA officer, PhD in engineering, even made this disclosure in his book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, uh, page 152 to 153. And he also made a disclosure a couple weeks ago, I think it was on Weaponized Podcast with Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp, where he's like, yeah, we had a whole craft and we broke into the hall and we gained access. And he ran that through the same you know, security process as I did. And so Jim Lekatsky, who ran this program, is also going on the record that he is aware, uh, personally aware of intact vehicles and everything. But uh, long so they gained yeah. access. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And by what method? Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> I think that's all we need to hear from that clip, because there, there's a lot of things to be to take from this. Right. I mean, you got Skinwalker Ranch. They bring up consistently here. And, and I think that's a really big deal. It really yeah. is. Well, there's definitely something there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to remember what Skinwalker Ranch was before Bigelow Aerospace or Brandon Fugel or any of these people actually uh, it was ever owned the ranch. Yeah, it was a government operation yeah. trying to figure out this stuff. Yes. And so the original owners before Brandon Fugel, I guess, is the ones that brought in Bigelow Aerospace. Obviously, this was a part of a government program. And so Harry Reid, 
alongside Bigelow Aerospace, uh, created an OSAP, uh, or, well, part of OSAP. Mm-hmm. And they requested a uh, what is known as a SAP, which is a special access program and a bigoted special access program, which specifically, I guess, specifically mentioned high-level names inside of their special access program. And then they wanted to deal with certain things to get 100%, uh, I guess the way it essentially is, they wanted to get 100% clearance for whatever they wanted to do or whatever they wanted to investigate in a particular place. Sounds like this was uh, had a large part in Skinwalker Ranch. Um, we don't 100% know why they were at Skinwalker Ranch. We do know that uh, Lockheed Martin had the material, and was this in relation to Skinwalker Ranch? Because Lockheed Martin was also named as a part of this the SAP, the Special Access Program, and it was named as part of this entire, I guess, investig- uh, I guess you can say investigatory body mm-hmm. that was investigating both Skinwalker Ranch, had to do with Bigelow and Harry Reid, and then Lockheed Martin. Um, Harry Reid said, basically going to his deathbed, that Lockheed Martin had the material, and Lockheed Martin was connected in some way, shape, or form to what it sounds like to me, Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and then he writes a book called Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, you, you literally have the skinwalker term, and if we know what skinwalkers actually really mean, well... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Skinwalkers are uh, essentially referred to, and I'm just going to look it up right now. Well, they're beings that walk on the earth that are not humanly. Yeah, so in a Navajo culture, um, a skinwalker, uh, also known as a yi na Shushi, is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Okay? So this is what is known as a skinwalker. So now you can, you know, we can talk about the UFO thing. We can talk about the possibility of a lot of this stuff we're seeing, you know, uh, in the, in our skies from our government and all this stuff. Is that reverse-engineered U.S. technology that has been reverse-engineered from UFOs? But then you got to start talking about this skinwalker shit that right. the, the, like the, the shit that like um lockheed martin and mm-hmm. bigelow aerospace and harry reed and and this special access program where they had uh up to 20 million funding in just from the government at skinwalker ranch and then they and, and then he writes a book skinwalkers at the pentagon what the hell does this even mean what was the purpose of of this sap and Especially understanding what a skinwalker is. I think, and, and I think this is what David Grush kind of goes on to say, that 
in my opinion, I think the government knew that there was a connection, not just the government. I think Lockheed Martin and the government knew that, yes, you can have a craft intact. You can breach the hole, which they, they also talked about. Harry Reid said, you know, I, I knew about the fact that we breached a hole um, and we had to forcefully breach the hole of this craft. Um, but the way I'm kind of looking at this whole scenario is, is that it seems like they can breach a hole, they can have a craft, they can have all these things. But I think like step two or three of the investigatory process of figuring out how can we reverse engineer these things, I think there was a, in my opinion, I think there is a big missing link of these craft and what we can possibly do with them as humans. And and I think that Skinwalker Ranch was a investigatory body uh, set up as a SAP special access program from Harry Reid. They were named, had $20 plus million dollars. Bigelow, Aer- Bigelow Aerospace came in. CIA potentially came in. Who knows who all came in? But I think what they were trying to do, and what I would really love to know, I would love to know if they had some of this material or this craft that they took out there. to Skinwalker right. to see if they could somehow re-inhabit. Like, yes, like get them to come back or yes. whatever. Yes, because listen, mm-hmm. I think that they are trying to connect the paranormal yes. to the That's to what the I UFO was getting UAP. ready to say because, yeah. you know, the, the, the watchers, the keepers of the whole property, mm-hmm. they live in a different property mm-hmm. where there's a lot of like... Stuff that goes a lot on, of weird shit, yeah. yeah. That's like you know, it goes with ghosts, spirits, whatever, and it's constantly something's going on there with paranormal activity. Yeah, you're 100 right. So if they have that there, right next to Skin Ra- Skin Walker Ranch, where all this other stuff is going on, could it be like intermingled? Yeah, we could don't it know. mean could they have something to do with each other? Yeah, and absolutely. I think they do. And we'll get into this in a little bit. Um, there's a few more clips we got to play to you guys because we're getting to the end of this. Mm. We're getting to all of the things that these things could be. And then we're going to give you our opinions. And we want you guys to go to our Facebook or X. We want you to tell us what you think this is, right? Um, we want you to tell us that. So make sure you go to our Facebook or our uh, or our Twitter slash X. But um, a philosophical reason of for like, why are they trying to disclose this? Or, or what would be the philosophical reason that we even have to disclose UAPs and UFOs um, or unity. Is it war? Is it caste systems within government? Is it gatekeepers can't classify reality? No disclosure plans. Um, what is it? Uh, let's hear what David Grush briefly has to say about this. And then we're going to get into some, some, some spicy stuff, which is, which is what I love the most. Here you go. Turn while you're going through all this, mm-hmm. that if you didn't come out with this, that we would be stuck in the same sort of loop for a long, long period of time, and no one would ever have access to this stuff, that they would continue. Yep. Yeah, and that, you nailed it on the head, is, you know, I think my generation, once it changed, the under 40 generation, their parents went to war, their older brothers went to war, we're fighting two dangerous proxy wars right now, which is extremely um, stupid. I don't know the better way of saying it, to be quite frank, and you know, I can give you my own assessment on that if you want, but I... Uh, like we're in this loop. We're not progressing in a healthy way uh, as a civilization. You know, it's becoming more divisive, whether you're on the left or the right. You know, people aren't even looking up. All they care about is TikTok. You know, we're creating potentially dangerous artificial intelligence. You know, I even saw that in my government service. And I think 
humanity is kind of stuck right now and we need to change. And this subject is like one of the only unifying, ontologically shocking, but I would think generally unifying topics where, where if announced by, you know, the U.S. and other you know, major powers that have knowledge in a, in a controlled manner that this could change humanity for the better, make us look inside ourselves, become less divisive and care maybe a little less about superficial things. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of my philosophical motivation uh, to do what I did. And, uh, and you're confronted yeah, with one of the yeah. biggest mysteries in, in human history, Yeah, which is, are we alone? And it seems like at least some people have the answer to that. hundred percent. I mean, the people I talked to certainly did, and they had close personal knowledge and the Intel reports I read, you know, literally indicated that as well. Like I talked about earlier. Uh, and it just, so it's like this caste system. I call it dudes with SCI clearances do not have an embargo on reality. So it's a caste system of, you know, people in government and outside of government, the industrial complex that run this stuff under little oversight. And, you know, I remember some of the people who denied us access, they were like, you know, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but if I did, why would you have a need to know? And I'm like, well, why did you have a need to know? So there you go. So David Grush here, this is the most important part of this clip is our generation wants a change. And this is something I said in the beginning of this episode when we talked about the song, which was Born to Be This High, Snake City, where we're talking about never going to be this young again. I know that we do look out in the world right now from a, uh, a personal you know, perspective and, and we see things just what appears to be shit, like everything is shit. Um, but also we are at a time that no other generation has ever been at, right? Where, where we can potentially disclose things that we, that would blow our minds. We could actually truly find answers and, and this this is what we need the most. And I think it's because we're in the time of information. Yeah. We're in the time that we can actually get information. If you would have looked 30 years ago or Mm -hmm. whatever, maybe 20 you would not find this information because even you five did, years ago you didn't have the access to this information. Yeah, you know. No, you're 100 percent right, and I mean, yeah, to your point, yeah, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, everything was controlled. Now they're trying their best to like rein in the control mm-hmm. of, of information, right? And the reality of what these uh, media organizations, governments, or whatever don't understand, even though they do understand, but they want to control information. Mm-hmm. And why do you have to control information? Because when you can't control information, then your secrets are also never going to be actually secretive. But also that gives you the possibility and the leeway to advance as a civilization, unlike we've ever seen before. Like th- the shitty part about this entire situation is, is that the government doesn't understand that our, we should be taking advantage of our information age right. with everyone and all the consensus and mm-hmm. all of the things that we think or, or right. feel or whatever. Same thing with the scientific community. Yes. Compartmentalizing shit. We can't shit. do that. We have to work no. together as a team. We have Otherwise, to. nothing's going to get done. Yes. Like how far could we be, for example, right. if, if say that we had zero countries, but we were a world population and we were all 
in in unification. We didn't mm-hmm. have wars. We were all working together to better ourselves as a, as a human civilization. Um, I often say this. I, you know, I've, I've always said this. I said, you know, I would love to know if, and I and I believe one hundred percent there are UFO and alien uh, life forms on other planets. I would love to know what their governmental systems are. Like, what does it look like on that planet? Do they have countries to where they war with each other? I bet you not. Because if they did, they would be constantly worried about each other rather than worried about how to progress them as a civilization. And if you can, if you can just, if you could just for a hundred years mm-hmm. forget about other countries right. and, and trying to fight other people around the planet, then you can worry about how are we going to go find other people and civilizations? And we're going to progress ourselves as, 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 you know, whatever they are. Exactly. And I think that's why you don't hold so much the position of Ashton as far as reverse technology, because we're all working individually. Yeah. And like your point was before on many, many other podcasts is if we had this technology, don't think we would not be using it. And we're going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to get that in just two seconds. We are going to get to that because I want to play Joe Rogan's clip in just a minute about what he said about David Grush, his guest, right before he brought on Cameron Haynes. And then uh, Joe Rogan talks about his opinion on David Grush, which is, you know. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll, we'll tell you whether I agree with this. Well, I'm just going to say that, you know, I usually like Joe, but in this... Well, it's not even... But it's almost like... You know, he's got to go with what they want him to do. Or well, listen, yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. There's been so many people reach out to say, uh, you know, including Nathan and, and quite a few other people say, I think Joe Rogan is compromised. Yeah. And he is. Because he has to be. Well, if you're the number one at this point, <laughs> if he wants that money, he's got to do what they say to do. Well, if you're the number one, especially right. if you're in, if you're at the mountaintop, I don't think you're not going to be compromised. And I would like to believe he's not, but. There's just a lot of things to say he he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we also got to take that into perspective of how his reaction is to people like David Grush. Mm-hmm. So we got to think about it as well. But let's talk about for a minute, um, and then we're going to get into kind of our closing arguments here. But how many different non-human intelligences are there? And there are senior member, uh, or sorry, members of Congress that have been briefed on biologics um, and Gary P. Nolan. Should have been brought into the program, but he was not. But this is just David Grush's perspective on how many non-human intelligences are there. It's a short clip, but listen to this. I think it's very important. So when it comes to these, um, I'm going to bring it back to these these actual entities. Yeah. Do we know or would you have an understanding of how many of them we're talking about? 
and the variety of them? Well, yeah, there is a variety, and we have a certain number of, of different things. Um, mm-hmm. But the, like, total numbers of, like, what's interacting with us on Earth, I mean, nobody knows that. And, I mean, that, that, But there's an understanding yeah. of some that they do believe are interacting with us, and there's a variety mm-hmm. in terms of there's, there's variables. Yeah, I, I talk to people who are familiar with uh, the biological analysis and everything. So we have... Some idea, not a complete picture, because it's like, you know, you know, you're looking at it. It's like, well, I don't even understand the physio- physiology at all. It's like, what the heck? It's like way different. Right. So um, we Is have at least a description a, in, of this physiology. Yeah, no, I was in I was in the room when. Uh, uh, <sighs> be careful. I don't want to. Uh, I was in Washington, D.C. with a very uh, number of senior people that work for members of Congress, put it that way, um, when I was still in government. And I brought the people who worked on that stuff to the Hill. I mean, this is why the members were so confident to put out the Schumer Amendment and stuff. And I, and I was like, please explain. And um, they went into all those details and stuff. And I remember, you know, uh, some, some of the professional staff members were like, whoa, like like they were like in G-lock. Right. Because I mean, it like a total world bubble um, it got burst right there for a lot of people. And so we, we have some idea. It's not a complete picture. I mean, it's just like but you're not even bringing in the right the right people. Like I think about my friend and colleague. Uh, Dr. Gary Nolan, which I started the um, Soul Foundation nonprofit with. I mean, he's like, you know, Nobel level biologist. All right. So David Grush here says that, you know, they don't even necessarily understand the physiology. Right. So let, let's talk about that. Wait, bringing, hold on. They're not bringing in the right people. Let's talk about this for yeah. a second. No, it has no, it has no, uh, to me, I don't, I don't think this has anything to do with bringing in the right people. Okay. I think that the physiology of these beings are things that we just don't understand. Right. I'm talking about lung structures, how they survive, uh, water intake versus food intake, like all of these, you know, actual biologics of human beings. I, I think what he's really saying here, and I think we got to make very clear when mm-hmm. he's saying that we don't even understand the physiology, the physical right. characteristics of these things. I think that what he's saying here is, is that beyond potentially the interdimensionality of mm-hmm. this, right? Even the physical side of this, we don't understand. Right. Like the same way that we would explain gravity or how an airplane flies or right. how we breathe and, 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 and use exactly. oxygen and yeah. drink water and eat food to sustain ourselves. I think very similarly, he's saying that these beings do not match up at all with having the same needs or wants or any of the shit that we think that we or we know we need as humans. And I think that comment there of... You know, we can't even understand the physiology of these things. I think that's even more so crazy than trying to say that these things are some type of interdimensional thing, which we'll get to. But And is he talking about these things as far as like his crashed on Earth? Yes. Or is he talking no. about things yes. that we're talking to interdimensional? Like, I don't know. No, I don't absolutely. No, no. no, he's talking about the, the biologics of the beings that we have found and and had access to as the United States government. That's what he's saying. And he's and, saying and they have 
completely different needs than humans. Well, he's, he's just saying that they are blown away even by the physiology, the physical characteristics of these things. Like as far as maybe whether it be like, for example, when we're talking about the tele, the telekinesis aspect mm-hmm. of them, right. being able to um, understand what you're thinking and then also uh, portraying a message to you without speaking. Right. Right. I mean, that that is a. That is somewhat like an interdimensionality thing, but it is also a physical thing. Yes. How can you operate because, as a physical being? Right. But there's some of us that can do that, too. Well, yeah, supposedly. Um, supposedly there are people out there that can be psychics and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, is that these beings have this direct, this is how they communicate uh, according to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. David Grush, I think, is kind of pointing out. But also I even think he goes, uh, I, I think he's going deeper in this just to say that we just don't even understand their physical characteristics and, and how they survive and, and why they survive. And, and and are they like us and how far off from us are they? Um, I think maybe that's something we got to take from this. But um, let's go to the next clip. This is also talking about, you know, David talks here about um, communications with non-human intelligence, which is a very sensitive topic. But have we had communications uh, or, I guess, conversations with these non-human intelligence uh, things, a.k.a. aliens? Let's hear what he has to say. Of I mean, I don't know what you can say about this. Do we have an understanding? Do we have any sort of communication with these beings that give us some sort of an understanding or a map of this? Yeah, the interaction stuff, uh, that's a sensitive area. Um, There were multiple very senior people that were concerned about talking about that kind of stuff with me. Uh, I mean, that is certainly... As nuts as it sounds, that was a real subject of conversation. Even it sounds like something out of like Star Trek First Contact. But it doesn't you know. if you have vehicles. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's it's like once you realize the phenomenon's real, then you realize we've recovered artifacts and, you know, biologics or, you know, dead pilots, if you will, even though it's, you know, kind of creepy to even think about that in your worldview. You don't think they were ever you know, alive sometimes too. Right. And I'll, you know, I'll leave it at that only because that, you know, that is something, you know, the, the president and his cabinet need to disclose this in a controlled manner, going back to that amendment, you know, I'm not here to, uh, you know, push the subject in an improper way. And that sounds like, why don't you just do it, Dave? I'm like, there's a lot of secondary and tertiary ramifications, socioeconomically, theologically, um, our relationship geopolitically with our allies and adversaries. This is not a uh, rip off the Band-Aid, and it's simple. There, there's, it, there's a lot of complex stuff behind the scenes that need to happen, and that's why I'm, I'm laying out all the general stuff that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. during the disclosure process, but I should not be the one disclosing, and it would be highly inappropriate because I care about the health of the United States and its people and national security for me to do so. So I know there's people that are like, oh, why doesn't Dave say X, Y, and Z? It's like, this is serious. This is not like, haha, let me tell you a good story. I'm a serious guy. I ruined my fucking career doing this. I was going to make lieutenant colonel in the Air Force in this winter. I was on track to be, you know, a flag officer, equivalent civilian uh, in my career. Uh, I spent 18 years in uniform, uh, if you count the cadet time, right? Uh, my whole adult life was serving as an intel officer, but I wanted to see, ch- and I'm 36, right? Older millennial. I wanted to see change. So I'm throwing the flag out and 
I'm here to hold the government accountable to do the right thing in a manner that is mature and thorough because I don't begin to say that I know everything, all the different ramifications of saying certain things publicly. I don't know all the answers to that. And that's why I have to be careful because I don't even know, I'll call it, you know, collateral damage effects to use kind of a military term. So David Grush is essentially saying here that, you know, some of the ramifications, I guess, ramifications of if the United States government or, you know, the things that potentially he even knows, because he even said earlier on, he said, you know, I'm trying to get cleared to say what I have physically seen, Mm -hmm. because right now the government's like right now the government's like, oh, they uh, he is hearsay. It's third party. It's this and this and it's this and that. But I think also kind of what he's saying here is that we don't fully understand the ramifications of if we come out with this information to the mass public, what that's going to do um, theology wise, all these. And we're talking about biblical. We're talking about things that are our core values as a human society that we've always believed and understood or thought we knew. Um, and if the government comes out with these things, you know, and, and, and maybe they say, hey, look, aliens are real. There are multiple different species. They are some are interdimensional. Some uh, kind of went on uh, one plane where the other went on another plane. Humans went on this plane. These things went on another plane during uh, whatever, some kind of catastrophic event at some point or otherworldly beings that just came down. They've been here forever. Um, how does this explain God? How does it explain that? You know, but my point to that is I don't think the government's worried about trying to like, you know, protect people from, you know, to, to make sure they believe in God, because in no, my, in my opinion, the government has no. been doing everything they can to make people not believe in God. Well, uh, now I think the government has been trying to hide all this. And now it's like, for some reason they want to come out with this and they're, they're willing and able to come out with some things. And they put David in, Control of finding out stuff from the military. Meanwhile, we have like civilians. They're seeing this shit every day too, being abducted, seeing way worse shit than the government does. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of these things, and that's why we're going to get to the Ashton, the Ashton thing with the MH three seventy thing because I think it's very important to talk about this. But there's going to be two clips we're going to play. That thing leads us into the conversation of what we believe these things are. And we're going to give you our thoughts on whether or not MH370, at least our thoughts, our opinions, or at least my opinion, and Sherry's going to give you hers, whether this is U.S. tech or a UAP, an actual UAP that's still here doing their thing, abducting shit, because we've had abductions before. We've had abductions throughout history. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Why would it be any different than airplanes are abducted, right? I mean, and mm-hmm. so so we got to think about that, but... Um, just to preface this, what are the origins of the non-human intelligence uh, or the extraterrestrial te- uh, terminology used the government, but not necessarily specific non-human intelligence is very broad and covers all origins. Um, so this is what David Grush had to say about like, what is non-human intelligence? Check this out. They think these things are the people that you talk yeah. to. So they specifically, the people on the program that handled the material, that were in executive level briefings with Intel community leaders and other folks over the years, last 20 years or so, they did use the term extraterrestrial, ET or whatever. 
okay, that is an, a possible origin, but the Schumer Amendment, if you read it, it specifically uses non-human intelligence, NHI, very deliberately because we want to catch everything because what if some of this stuff is not ET and they're going to use as an escape clause? Like, well, this stuff that we don't even know if it's extraterrestrial, so this doesn't apply. So that's why we wanted to be as broad as possible. I mean, besides ET, I mean, a lot of it would be my own uh, personal opinion. I think we have a couple conceivable buckets and I'm using the work of Jacques Vallée, other people that have thought deeply on the issue on how the phenomenon has changed since antiquity. It showed it showed itself in a different way. Like a good example is like witches sitting on your chest phenomenon with, you know, uh, paralysis and medieval and enlightenment area, you know, era became this alien abduction phenomenon uh, in the modern area era, excuse me. And so that's what he's saying. We don't know, but there's there's definitely things that we don't comprehend. And so without even going into this, I want to go into the next. What is the origin theories of interdimensional sl- slash, I guess, shadow biome, perhaps even origins we can't even co- conceptualize, things we can't even comprehend? This is what David Grush had to say, and this is probably the most important part of the podcast. And then we're going to close this. We get into what we think and what we believe potentially even the MH370 thing, the UFO phenomenon, what's going on now. Uh, but listen to this last clip, and then we're going to close this with our thoughts and opinions. Here you go. So there is a real phenomenon that uh, origin undetermined, but it it's trippy, and sometimes it presents itself in like a non-corporeal form too, you know, orbs, balls of energy, uh, you know, they, they don't appear as like some kind of bipedal hominid like some people have espoused. So I think that might be, call it interdimensional, call it shadow biome, crypto terrestrial. I mean, there's a lot of different theories. What are the primary yeah. theories? The primary yeah. theories are from another planet or yeah. from another dimension. I think those are the primary. I mean, there's certainly origins that we probably can't conceptualize as humans because we're just our meat is stuck in 3D and we don't understand and our IQs are only so high so there might be some origins that we don't understand in terms of like interdimensional travel yeah I mean obviously you know if you talk to mainstream physicists they say like crossing dimensions physically is kind of a trope of sci-fi and you know I that's why I used an example And I know some physicists don't like me talking about this theory, but it is a theory, you know, like so the holographic principle, which was originally conceived to explain how information is encoded on an event horizon of a black hole, which is a distance away from the singularity of a black hole where if you cross it, you're fucked because you're going to get ripped to shreds or you're not coming back. And uh, that principle talks about how information basically from higher dimensional space can be encoded in lower dimensional space. And the easiest example is like us casting a shadow on a sidewalk, right? Three-dimensional object, 2D shadow on a sidewalk. If you lived in two-dimensional space, flatland, you'd be tripped out. What the fuck am I seeing? But they just don't know that it's really just a person in higher dimensional space. So is some of the 
I mean, obviously we have physical material that's in three-dimensional space that we've recovered, but at least maybe some of the phenomenon is really operating in higher spatial dimensions, but is either being projected or quasi-projected into our 3D plus time space, which is really trippy to think about, but we literally do it on a day-to-day basis, like casting shadows. So, and that might be some of what we're seeing too, but I mean, I presume we know more. The people I talked to did not... Uh, expels they had full knowledge either like i said the 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 normal colloquialism was to say et or extraterrestrial could you dumb down this concept of interdimensional like yeah what i know in physics they have theorized that there are multiple dimensions other than those that we can currently detect yeah and a lot of that is based off of like large this is my bachelor's degree talking. I know okay. there's going to be like some physicist who has a PhD. He's like, oh, Dave, you fucked that up. But right. but basically, you know, from high energy particle collisions and based on the deflection angles and all the stuff, what happens when the particles collide, you know, uh, you know, confirm certain theoretical frameworks about extra spatial dimensions. And, you know, I can't speak uh, with any real authority on, you know, precisely how that works, but a lot of. Um, you know, whether it be string theory or quantum mechanics are based off of higher spatial dimensions. And, um, you know, so that is a mainstream physics uh, theoretical framework. That's not like wacky or loony or anything like that. So, uh, but that's basically uh, a possibility. But like I said, like, we don't really have a good theory if you, if you work, if you lived in like 5D space, for example, it's almost like, um, Remember the ending of the movie Interstellar, right? Yes. Where where he's pushing the books. Mm-hmm. He's like in a tesseract, you know, mm-hmm. which is like a four to five D structure, but he's trying to interact with three D space. And of course, he like leaves that space to come back to his daughter many years later at the end of the ending of the movie. Great movie, but um, so uh, that's a way to conceptualize it in something you may have watched in film. It's kind of like the ending of Inter- Interstellar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there you this go. Yeah. All right, so that was David Grush talking about uh, some of the thought processes. He has, but yeah. I, I'm going to have to interject right now because what I feel like he's talking about is... With Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe we're in a simulation. Yeah, I mean, that, Possibly. that, that, well, listen, that theory is definitely out there, right? The, the theory of a simulation of something otherworldly. Like, for example, if you're above an anthill. Right. And although this is different, but similar in some ways, Uh, very similar to where he's talking about where we cast a shadow in a three dimensional space. But if you're on that two dimensional space Mm -hmm. of the shadow, you're like, holy shit, what is going on here? Yeah. But the same thing with a anthill It's a very small, very whole nother world. And these ants don't actually really even realize that who we are world is right. But we do. We can crush them at times on 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 accident. We can mm-hmm. we can you know do all these things. But 
the interdimensional thing is is extremely interesting. Now, the one of the things that David Grush did not want to go into because he didn't know a whole lot about it, which we're not experts on this as well, but we have done podcasts on, you know, CERN and the mm-hmm. Large Hadron Collider, right, right, right. Particle Collider System, which is essentially a group of scientists that wanted to uh, do fast uh, speed of light type shit to where they wanted to, to collide particles together and see if there were other dimensions possible other right. than outside of 3D. And they're trying to like look for the God particle. Yeah, the God particle, some people this. believe is like, okay, for example, we live in a three-dimensional world. Mm. So when you hear of three-dimensional, if you look at your partner right now, whoever you're whoever you're near, or or you look at your chair, your bed, or your house, your your the walls in your house, that's three-dimensional, right? But as we start thinking about things that potentially these UFOs and UAPs could be in, it is another dimension. So what is right. that, what, what is another dimension that you can't see? Okay, well, let's, let's talk about it for a second. Time. Time we can't see. We theorize what time is, but we do know time is a thing that is a physically affecting attribute to our life. But it's well, linear. Listen, it's linear. doesn't matter what it is. What I'm saying is time is something we can't see, but... I believe time we can see. And you want me to tell you why I think we can see time is a black hole. A black hole, if you were able to view a black hole outside of a black hole, you would be able to physically see time. Um, because a black hole, in my opinion, is time in its most condensed form. And the closer and or further away you get from, from the black hole is the more manipulated time is, much like interstellar when this planet was near the black hole. And so the time manipulation on this planet was 30 minutes on this planet was seven years on earth or 10 years. That's, that's where, you know, if you look at a black hole, that is like a, I guess a nucleus of time, even mm-hmm. though we still don't understand that, but, but that is a physical right form of time. So then you got to think about other dimensions. What CERN has been trying to figure out is, are there other dimensions beyond this? Like that we don't understand. How can we figure out um, what some of these things are? They believe that uh, CERN believes that, and CERN is a large hadron collider. They they literally just you know collide particles at at light speeds. Uh, they believe that there are at least ten dimensions or more. And so when you go through, you know, basically you go down these dimensions. They start talking about fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth dimension and tenth dimension. And they're talking about that there are planets potentially that could potentially be in a tenth dimensional scale that like could a control. Parallel. Well, whatever, whatever it, could be it is, a parallel planet. doesn't matter what parallel or not. That has nothing to do with it. In my opinion, I, I, we're just talking specifically about a, a dimension. So say you're in a 10th dimension type planet right. where you have access to this information, this knowledge, whatever it is that you have figured out how to do this. So how we can't control weather, even though we're trying to do that as a as a government and whatever cloud seed and all this, but how we can't control our gravity, our pull, our belief system, our thoughts, our IQs, uh, the way the sun works or the moon works or how it affects our gravity, how it affects our oceans, how it affects all this shit. Um, what scientists theorize is that if you have a 10th dimension, which they believe exists out there somewhere, you control everything. You are literally able to control every single aspect of your life and world being and, uh, and outer worldly experiences. And so that um, it is very strange to even try to comprehend or, 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 or explain. But the scientists believe that in a 10th dimension type scenario, 
You control all aspects of your environment. That means gravity. That means everything around you. They believe mm-hmm. that you can control. And that's what they call the God particle. Um, very similar. We talked a lot about, you know, for so many years, people have been desperately trying to go against God because you can't see God. Uh, uh, we're supposed to just have faith in something you can't see. Right. Well, we can't see time, but we have faith. We believe in it. We know mm-hmm. that time exists. We, right. we, we know that there are now science is starting to prove dimensions well beyond third dimension in time. And so, um, so that's literally the reason why they called the God particle, the God right. particle, because the only way that this particle could be in existence, which they have found is that it is a God-like dimension. Right. But when you're talking about time and humans, time is measured by humans in human yeah, years. It's the way we Calendars, understand it. You know, the way we understand it. Mm-hmm. So you cannot measure time the way you know time. You can't measure it by the minute, the second, the mm-hmm. hour, you know, the years, the calendars, because time is not measured that way when you go into like interdimensional stuff. Well, although I will say Nathan, um, you know, he has an, he has a guy that he knows. He's an author. He talks about, I think, a little bit of biblical, but also astronomy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he goes down in like way deep into like how civilizations in the past have figured out years, times, what's after a year, what's after mm-hmm. a month, what's after right. a week. He is he is a specialist in this, which we do want to get him well, on and this he episode. He uses astronomy too, right? Well, yeah, he but he goes beyond that. I mean, right. it, it, it's it's all the way from the beginning, I guess, to the end. The way I explain it, or mm-hmm. uh, not the way I explain it, the way I understand this, right? But, but it has probably a lot to do with like how the sun moves and all <clears> that stuff too. In astrology, yes. how the stars are. Yeah, and, but it's not just that. It's like it's it's how many how many. You know, how many like 40 years does this constellation come around? And then after that 40 years, what's next? OK, well, what's next is this. And th- and he explains all these things. Mm-hmm. And these are concepts of time in some way. It's just not the way we even understand it. And I think they understood it more back in the day than we even understand it now. That's what's crazy is it, the concept. Right. Of time. That's and, why- and that's just time. We're yes. not even talking about. We're not even talking about the interdimensionality of what we're what we're trying to explain. Well, I know. And I'm thinking back to like Stonehenge, for example, they built these big, big ass rocks to measure time Mm. back then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So here is my, I guess, end judgment on this entire situation. Like, what do I think? And we told you we're going to get to this. MH370, well, let's just say this, because this is a very contested topic right now. And I think that we have to talk about MH370, because why has this topic been so popular? Why has it been so viral lately? Why is it all over Twitter? Why is it all over podcasts? Why is it all over everything? Why is Just X Ashton, a.k.a. Ashton Forbes, blowing up? It's because this meets, this is where, like, the the meat meets the road, or whatever the hell they say to that. Like, is this U.S. government technology we've been seeing the entire time that they are just freaking screwing with us? Oh, uh, and by the way, before I get to this, I do get to play this last clip. This is what Joe Rogan had to say with a new guest, by the way, on his podcast, where he talked with a new guest. And this is what his opinion or thoughts were after Dave Grush came on. And he's talking here with Cameron Haynes. And this is just what he had to say. And we're going to get to our thoughts and opinions on what he had to say, because I think we have to play this before we give our opinions. Here you go. Is that UFO whistleblower mm-hmm. that testified in front of Congress? Yeah. 
It's hard to say, man. The thing about it is I believe he's telling the truth as far as what he's experienced and the documents that he uncovered and the people that he talked to. But how do you know whether or not they're just using him as a useful idiot to just get out some silly story mm-hmm. because they're covering up for the fact that there's some very advanced drone system that the United States government has that trying to keep under wraps? Right. It might be Have both. Know. It, I, I think it's probably both things. All right. So when I heard this clip, <clears throat> let me give you my first thoughts. And when I heard this clip, I said, I think what Joe Rogan is saying here is idiotic. That's just my opinion. Um, let me tell you why I say this. And as much as I love Ashton, and I do, 100%, I, I love Ashton. I think he's doing an incredible job. Um, I do understand his stance on the commander or whoever that was a part of this system. Now he works for Lockheed Martin, um, all these things. And, and look, he has definitely a lot of useful information as far as why these military assets were in the region when this happened. So there is incredible evidence on, hey, could this be a U.S. high tech government type thing? But the reason that I the only reason I would ever go against that narrative even with all the evidence, me personally, is that I know how shitty and corrupt at this day and age our government is. Okay? I know how shitty we are. I literally, I mean, you talk about back in 2001, you talk about the potential of 9-11 and a lot of conspiracy around that. You talk about even before this, Syria and, and all these places that we have invaded, killed innocent people, done all kinds of crazy shit for oil and all this stuff because we're greedy as hell. We want we want to do all these crazy things to manipulate world governments and world regions. And we get involved in all the Middle Eastern shit that we should not be involved in. Uh, we hate China. We hate Russia. We're proxy war in Ru- Ukraine and Russia. We're proxy war in now Israel, regardless of whether it's justified or not. It doesn't matter. I think personally that we we are the reason why Ukraine is in a war with Russia right now. Um, could we be involved in and in why Israel is involved in Hamas war? Maybe. I don't know. But all I'm saying is we're involved in proxy wars. If the United States government has this technology, and I'm sorry, I'm banging on this desk. You hear that, guys? If we have that technology, we wouldn't be involved in proxy shit. We would control this world. I mean, this is just 100% my opinion. But if we have light year speed type technology to where we could weaponize it, if, if we can control technology to where we can go light years, I mean, and you might want to ask yourself, well, why are we going to go? How, what makes you think we're going light years? We're talking about Commander David Fravor and the UAP saw that was 600 miles away in two mm-hmm. seconds. Right. That has to be light speed. Right. So if we can do that with, with technology and craft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't think we can figure out a way to weaponize yeah. that Why shit? Why would we not be using this in wars right now is what you're saying. We would be using, listen, at the very least, someone might out, you know, some of you guys might be out there thinking, well, we can't figure out how to weaponize it and putting rockets on it because it will not, it will not survive the light year type speed travel, right? You might be thinking that literally. There's people, I swear well, to God. Well, and maybe there's materials that are not from Earth that can't carry, like, the weapons or something. No, no, no. I don't but know. here's the thing. I'm just if, thinking if we outside ha- the box. If we have been know. able to reverse engineer technology to where we're seeing this shit on a regular basis, 
We don't need weapons on these things. Right. We could literally just use these things as kamikaze drones hitting things at light speed, causing cataclysmic type nuclear reactions. Um, No, listen, you don't understand what I'm saying. If you have a craft like this going at max light speed, say two or three light speed, two or three light, I don't know, two or three light year speed, and you hit a area where an adversary is or a city like Moscow or or uh, Xinjiang, China or somewhere like this, you're going to have a very um, it's going to be a cataclysmic event. You don't have to have weapons or missiles on board this thing. If you hit this city with a large enough craft or I don't even think you really got to have a large enough craft, but just the impact um, velocity on a craft like this that would hit something, a city like this. And I, and I know people are out there just don't understand what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you, you don't have to have weapons attached to this shit. If the United States has full control and understands reverse engineered technology of this magnitude, mm-hmm. the United States would be the only country, in my opinion, left on this planet. It would be the United States right. of the world, not the United States of America. And I just have to point this out, too. Like, I'm the one who brought it up, like bringing these weapons on board of this reverse engineering that we're doing. But I don't think and I don't know (laughs) if they even have weapons on these things, because I have never heard of UAPs trying to shoot anything down. And I've heard of them. um Cutting out nuclear weapons or stopping things or doing things like this. They have a power with nuclear weapons or whatever. Well, they have a high interest in those. Yeah, yes. but they can stop them and they can load them. Well, no, that no. So they can put them on launch, launch readiness. Right. And they can stop or deactivate right. uh, nuclear missiles. But I've never heard of a UAP actually having weapons on board. Well, what we do know, and, and there's been reports on this as well, is that um, UAPs and potential government programs out in the desert, Southwest Desert, mm-hmm. um, have had, you know, there, there's been reports of neighboring cities that have seen massive laser beams shooting up into the sky from some of these desert military type bases where many people believe that this technology was derived from UAP or UFO technology as well. These laser beam type things. We don't know that at all. Um, but what we do know is that that is, that is some type of high energy weapon, uh, weaponized system. We know that there are uh, direct energy weapons. I mean, think right. about uh, the conspiracies behind Maui fires and um, think about um, uh, HARP, which is the program, the weather modification program. Right. Think about what we've already talked about as far as Antarctica and um, and, and some I've, of the whistleblowers in Antarctica that talks about direct energy weapons in Antarctica. Um, there are all these things that right. do exist and they, and they have and been they documented. Do. And I think that we also have... Uh, gained other weapons or other things of technology, technology for sure you know like what we didn't have before like these laser things that become weapons or <clears throat> surgery maybe they're surgical like, weapons yeah, yeah something yeah something. Well, I mean, well we know i mean we know that you know even with uh, skinwalker ranch you know, they these cattle cattle manipulations uh, or livestock man, uh, manipulation mutilations, I guess mm-hmm. I should say, 
um, we know that these things were surgically done, it, it appeared. No blood left anywhere near some of these cattles or some of these cows that were, you know, they had their entire intestines ripped out. Um, there were basically a cavity. Uh, there was no blood. There was precise cuts. There were all these things. And by the way, in the day after Roswell book, it talks about some of the potential things that we uncovered um, from some of these down craft were surgical type uh, utensils that mm-hmm. that it took a long time for the government to be able to figure out what these utensils were. And it could also have explained some of the cattle mutilations uh, or not even mutilations, but really the surgical procedures that were done on these cattle, including Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and, and man, there, there's so many things to say about this. But I think one of the things, Joe, you know, I, I wish he would elaborate a little bit more on Skinwalker Ranch because I think there's definitely a connection where the government understood that there is a connection with paranormal and UFOs. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about ghosts, yes. uh, do you believe in ghosts and do you believe in UFOs? I think those two things are separate, but I think that really we might have to put those two together. Right. They intertwine um, somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. They 100% do. Um, and then as far as the MH370 thing, I I 100% get where Ashton's coming from with all of the evidence, with the the with the I, th- I don't know if he's a general or commander whoever the guy is that Ashton believes is the guy which I believe he has something to do with this mm-hmm. um, whether or not they knew that this plane was compromised I don't know Ashton does make an incredible point to the fact that these orbs were technology from the U.S. government and and the only reason I would say that that particular scenario if you if you had to argue this in court. It's going to, you know, if I'm a prosecutor, who am I going for? UFOs or the government? Who am I trying to prove to the jury mm-hmm. who this was? I have more evidence that is the government than I do UFOs, right? Because we have the commander. We have all these scenarios that are leading up. You had you had U.S. government assets that were in the region, just so happened to be in the region during this time, including the drone. Now, satellite, you can say that they're always surveilling mm-hmm. everything. And we mm-hmm. made a point to this. But the drone itself is is very um, peculiar. It is decently close to this aircraft when it disappears. Um, you know, was this a test of our high tech tech? I don't know. Um, and if it was, why did they go for this particular plane? I know. I, I, I well, and Ashton has a lot of different scenarios of that as well, right? I mean, they're they, listen. He does everything with all mm-hmm. with, with all this, right? Um, and so, whereas I, and, and I would tell Ashton the same thing if he was on here right now, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a Julian Dory where I'm going to be a jerk off and try to, you know, (laughs) say some random shit, but, but I would tell Ashton the same thing I'm going to say now. Um, I don't believe to me, I don't believe those orbs were us government tech. I believe we're far enough enough along. Absolutely not. I don't believe that only because if we were, we would rule the world. I've always said, yeah. whoever has this technology, there is no adversaries anymore. What are you right. talking about adversaries? Look, if anything, we are at a race for this technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the Cold War. It was a race to nuclear. Right. Like, who's right. going to get nuclear? Because if someone gets nuclear before we do, they could destroy us, and we have no way to, to, uh, to retaliate. We have no way. I get it, yeah. So if this was if this was our technology, 
I think the world will be freaking out much, much hard. Uh, I guess much more hardcore than they are now. But I just and look, and I understand it, it takes a lot of the things off the table. And this is just mm-hmm. my opinion, by right, the way. I'm right, not right. saying that I'm 100% right. I don't know. Ashton could 100% be completely right in this. Well, to me, if you're on that scenario, you're saying you don't think our government has advanced mm-hmm. enough to no, get this technology. I don't think so. Which means that you think these orbs were UAPs. Absolutely. These were things that we don't know I, I think where they came no from. I think there's no way in hell we have that technology. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I do not think personally that there's no way in hell the United States government has technology to make a plane disappear. Do you think these this whole thing was real? Do you think it was made up? No, I think it's real. I do. I, I 100% believe the videos are real. I mean, I, we wouldn't have put twenty grand into the pot for, exactly for the video, which is why you know when we put twenty grand up, we we were we were saying like, hey, we want you to prove that it's fake, right? We don't want you to prove whether it's the United States government or UFOs, right? And by the way, Ashton has went with this route, which is, I think, a large part of why the UFO community is pushing so hardcore back. Is and and listen, Ashton may have a point there too. Is the UFO community at a whole? somewhat somehow controlled by the U.S. government secret intelligence that is trying to make sure that the UFO tech, sorry, the UFO conversation remains predominant. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you have Ashton coming along. He's like, wait a minute, we're going to give some investigator. We're going to, we're going to actually investigate this shit. And then you start actually giving prudential proof to a U.S. government program, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to have the UFO mass community right. and, and their sponsors go against you. Yeah, but by the way, in war. But you have to remember too. You got to remember the people of the past mm-hmm. that have come out there and said we have been doing this a long, long time. Yeah. No, no, they reverse have. engineering. Well, no, this well, has well been they've going been trying on a long time. They've been trying to do it for a long time. Okay. They, well, I'm just they've saying they've been very unsuccessful. Well, we don't know that. The government doesn't tell us that, Chad. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> I get that. But I, I guess my point is, though, is that, listen, babe, I don't have any faith in our government at all. And I think after COVID-19, listen, I think after COVID-19, if you think that our government mm-hmm. has tech like that, that they're not going to massively. If our government had technology like this, they would already, in my opinion, oh, they, the they would tyrannize their yeah. people first. Right. Because we already see with the FBI and CIA, mm-hmm. they, they care more about screwing their own people over than they do anyone else. Yeah. And I think that's your point is that if we did have this technology, we would use it a weapon immediately. We would use it to control the world immediately. We are and the biggest piece of do- shit. Yeah. We're not doing that Listen, now. Humans so, are a piece of shit. Well, I'm just saying. Since we're not doing it now, you don't think we have that technology? No, I don't. I mean, listen, I'm just telling you the the human nature aspect. We've seen human nature for, I mean, we've seen it for a long time, but we've never seen it more on display than we have the past five years. And you're telling me that if this government and administration and these asshole piece of shit people that are in Mm -hmm. control of these agencies had this technology... 
And keep in mind, the FBI are classifying people that show up at, at school board meetings as terrorists. Right. And they, and they care more about these people than mm-hmm. they do actual people coming across our border that actually do hate America, some of these people. Um, but you're telling me that you care more about school board parents that are making sure that their kids are not being indoctrinated on one way or the other. That's the no way. That's the FBI. But you're telling me that if they had this technology, they're not going to use it against their people or, exactly. or at, at the very well, least. The world? And I'm going to say right now, too, just in the last um, year and a half, I don't think there would be a proxy war with Russia and exactly. Ukraine right no, now. It wouldn't be. A and proxy there would war. not be a proxy war with Israel and Hamas right It'd now. It'd be over. It'd it, be over. If we had that technology. In my opinion, we'd be using it. Yeah, I think I think the thing is, I think that people I don't know. I, I think the thing that people don't understand is is that the 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 power of this technology. And this is the last mm. thing I'm gonna say before we go. The power of this technology we have to grasp. And it's kinda like David Grush says. Um, you know, even with the biologics or even the way these things are powered, we can't comprehend necessarily how these things are powered or how these beings potentially work interdimensionality, right. all these things. But l- let's just strip it down to the bare bones. How are these craft powered from, from the origin with these craft have been showing up in the beginning of time where well, we're talking about like literally since any human, anything right. was on the planet, have no proportion they have, they, they use gravity. But I'm, I'm, listen, I'm just saying that even people that were cavemen or, or the very first civilization we've ever had were pictographing things that look like aliens or UFOs or, oh, yeah, or airplanes or yeah. any of this shit. But what I'm saying is, is that this is not a thing to where we understand the true power. And if you're telling me that the United States government has now been able to possess and reverse fully engineer this technology... And you're telling me that we're fighting proxy wars through Ukraine? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? We're not. I agree. We would control the world. So, so listen. In yeah. my in my in my honest opinion, I think the things that Commander David Fravor's seen, I think the things that all of these uh, Navy fighter pilots, other fighter pilots are seeing, mm-hmm. are UFOs. I think they are things that we don't understand. I right. don't. I don't personally think. Now, listen. Is David Fravor a useful idiot, as Joe Rogan says? I don't Not know. Fraser, I don't think you're so. saying Grush. You mean? Or sorry, David Grush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he a useful idiot? Are they trying to prop him up to make things appear to be something that you know the United States government has all this crazy thing? No, personally, I don't believe that. And and I know I'm going against like the you know the Ashen theory. I'm not saying the Ashen's theory is not right. I'm just giving my opinion. Um, but I just don't believe that the United States government has this this type of power. There's well, Ashton no has not put away the theory that it still could be ore. Oh no, no, he he doesn't dismiss He's it completely. He's thinking it's a lithium battery that fire. Expo- yeah, exploded the plane, and somehow the government has something to do with it. Yeah, which. Yeah, I mean that that's his theory. I you know, he has a lot of investigative work in there. Um, mm-hmm. All I'm saying is is that I just I'm telling you guys right now. And I sound like the plane lady. I'm telling you right now. Right now, that guy is not, not supposed real. to be on this plane. He's not real. Yeah, but listen, maybe that maybe that was the thing. Maybe maybe that plane was about to be disappeared. Um, but I think uh, the videos we're seeing in Ashton's thing is real. I don't think they're United States government tech. I think they're UAPs and UFOs. I think this is really 
I mean, in, in my opinion, like you could you could really argue Ashton's point, mm-hmm. especially someone that really wants transparency and disclosure with the UFO thing, right? Um, and say, Ashton, I understand your your thoughts process on this, but we. Like, I don't, I, here's the reason why you're wrong on your assertion of this is the government. Someone should come out with this because listen, I'm not saying that I I think number one, the debunkers are full of shit. I think Ashton's doing his job. I think the the video is real. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ashton's doing his job amazingly well. I think he is, he is, he has provided ample evidence. I think he is a hundred percent believes what he's saying and, Mm -hmm. and, and that's his opinion. Just like my opinion is. On the on the on the little bit of a contrary, and by the way, Ashton could still be completely right, but I'm saying my contrary opinion is I do not think this is U.S. government. Um, but I would I would actually like to do a soft debate with Ashton about this. <laughs> I actually would because I, I because I you know some of the things I want to say right now of Ashton like what he would be saying to my contrary. Mm-hmm. I would like to be able to respond to that. And, and and I would like for people to hear that because I think that's very important. But with um, Ashton, all he, okay, Ashton reiterates facts. That's what he does. That's fine. And that's he can do what that. he does. But that's what I'm saying. And he knows those facts. Yeah. So, and he so knows I, the facts very well. So when I say the stuff that I'm <laughs> saying right now, he will be able to, if he's on here, he'll be, he'll say, well, here's why, here's right. why I think this. Right. And then, and then I'll have to respond to that. Right. So. Um, and I'm not trying to debunk any of that shit. I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, we need a healthy debate on, is this U.S. government tech? Is this UFOs? Because I think the reason why, or partially the reason why, he's had a lot of pushback with the UFO community, mm-hmm. is UFO community may, there, there's some of those people that think, dude, this is UFOs, and you're trying to say it's government tech. But there also potentially could be, if you're on Ashton, if, if you believe Ashton's perspective of this, mm-hmm. which I, I don't necessarily not believe Ashton's perspective on this, but you could say that the government is the one that is providing the pushback against the U.S. government tech. And using Grush. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. As it's so crazy. a front. It's so nuts, you know? And that's the thing you got to, you know, and that's why we couldn't <sighs> do the podcast yesterday because I couldn't understand why Chad was going back and forth no, we gotta go with both Grush. Ways. But now I understand why you're doing that, because the government could be using him. Oh, absolutely. And we don't know that. Absolutely. And by I the would way, hate that for him because he is like, you know, put up his whole career and his whole life for this thing. Yeah. And know? so is Ashton with, yeah. the, with, with him. I mean, right. in reality, you know, Ashton has a top secret clearance. Yeah, he has a job. He has a day job. And he is so passionate about what he's what he's talking mm-hmm. about. And by the way, to me. For Ashton's sake, regardless of like somehow this gets proved one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's U.S. government tech or UFOs, he's still right. And so that's what I want to tell Ashton. Like, even though he may be, he may have been maybe wrong about something. Even though you could even look at like the the guy that released the videos, mm-hmm. that doesn't still say that Ashton's wrong, right? Even though he got espionage charges, this guy may have released these videos to show UFOs and UAPs. Right. Uh, which, you know. And another thing that's awesome about, uh, sorry, about Ashton is I don't think he's even making a penny off all this. No, he's not. Not, not whatsoever. And, and by the way, I did say, I told Ashton, I said, you know, I think you're a good speaker. I think you're really good at what you do as far mm-hmm. as investigating this shit. Like, if you want to do a podcast, dude, like, I will help you. I mean, and, and that's not saying, like, go out and make money. He has money. 
He makes money in his job every right, day. He, right. He's not doing this for money. He's not doing this for no, any other reason. That was my point. Yeah, he's not doing this for any other reason no. than he wants the truth. And and you cannot commend and anyone. And it's not even stardom, stardom either. No. He didn't he plan to be like in this position. No, I actually reached out to him from the very beginning. Right. Yeah, and, and that's what people need to understand. Like I reached out to Ashton from the very beginning. <laughs> And I said, Ashton, I want you to come on our podcast. And by the way, guys, um, you guys somewhat, oh, well, a lot of a lot of what propelled him uh, from the very beginning our, from our podcast, getting his message out. And then it just grew from there. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving us all the credit. Ashton obviously done all of the investigative oh, work. Of course. Um, but you guys kicked ass. And this is why I love the space that we are in, man. Independent journalists, independent people that are desperately trying to get the truth out there. Um, I love you guys. I love each and every one of you that listen to us. And I want you to understand that no matter what, man, we're going to disagree on shit, guys. Like, I, I, like we're the way I the way I think of you guys and girls, obviously, is y'all are my brothers and sisters. And 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 even though we love each other and we're going to agree on most things, there are going to be things that we don't freaking agree on. But we just have to understand to agree to disagree and move right. on. And we're not going to call each other names over it. Like, no. that's stupid. No, you can't do that. And, and, yeah. we, and we have people. And by the way, it, it really hurts me when we have people that, you know, you know, I know have been listening to us for an extended period of time. And then and then one podcast we do that they completely disagree with. And they just go all out. I think somebody called us like white cowboys or something. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't care. I don't think anyone should call anyone names over like stuff that you disagree with. So. No. Whatever, dude. You sound like a freaking kindergarten teacher. Look, the reality of the situation is, is that the world we live in today, they're going to have disagreements. There's going to be people. But listen. I will tell you guys this. We're going to fight for what we believe in because in 2023 going into 2024, if you don't fight for what you believe in, you're going to get stepped on. And, uh, and I think a lot of people believe that in the world today as well. And that's where we, that's where we come to a crossroads. But what I do ask you guys as our listeners, as our family, I hope that you guys at least try to evaluate our opinions and our thoughts. It may not always be what you guys agree with or, or whatever the case is. If you have a adverse uh, opinion or thought, please reach out to us. And we might even mention that, that opinion on the podcast, as long as you're respectful. If you're an asshole, we're not going to mention it, um, which is ex- <laughs> exactly what we're not mentioning your, your uh, comment right now. You know who you are, by the way. Um, I don't know who that is, but well, okay. someone, yeah, we won't even say. <laughs> but guys, until next time, man, this has been a long episode. Um, I believe that UFOs are here. I believe the United States government does not have the tech to really fully control the world because if they did, they would. But I bet they have something going on. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to reverse engineer, but I, I just think don't. They are. I think we're stuck at a point. But anyways, but guys, until next time, we love you. This is No Good Kudzu by Kylie Deli, and until next time, peace out. Peace out, guys.
Too 